0: In alhamdulillah, Mehmedu, who one Estarino, who one Estaru, when I would do villa him in Shururi and Fusina, was a year at the Armalina, when you did lil falla had wash Hedu and la ilaha illallah who wached a hula shari kella, wash Hedu and Mohammed and Abedu who are Amma bad. So we welcome everyone to this gathering tonight a blessed gathering and we have with us our Shaykh Salim Bamihraz Hafizahullah Ta'ala. So without further ado because you will all be acquainted with the Shaykh now over the conference at the weekend and we'll begin inshallah straight into the topic. Uh, <laughs>
1: الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحابه أجمعين أما بعد فإن أحمد الله تعالى العظيم رب العرش الكريم الذي يسر لنا زيارة إخواننا في هذا المسجد المبارك وهذه من نعم الله علينا أمة الإسلام أننا نلتقي في في مثل هذه المجالس نتذاكر أمر ديننا لا نخرج عن قوله قول الله أو كلام رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم تحفنا هذه بالمجالس هذه الملائكة وأنعم بهذه المجالس فنسأل الله تعالى أن يقتلنا وإياكم السداد والتوفيق وأن يجعلنا من عباده الصالحين كما تعلمون ولعله أعلنا لكم أن درسنا سيكون في الحديث عن الدعوة السلفية والدعوة سلفيه هذا الاسم مرادف لما يسمى بمنهج اهل السنه دعوه اهل السنه ويقال ايضا دعوه الطايف المنصوره ويقال دعوه اهل الحديث كل هذه المسميات لمسمى واحد وهو دعوه الله تعالى ودعوه النبي عليه الصلاه والسلام اي دعوه اصلها واسها وهي قائمه على كتاب الله وسنه رسوله وهذه السلف الصالح ممن جاء بعد النبي عليه الصلاه والسلام بعد الصحابه القرون الفضلى ومن سار على نهجهم وهديهم واقتفى اثرهم ممن سلف إلى أن تقوم الساعة هؤلاء هم أهل السنة والجماعة هم الطائفة المنصورة التي أخبر بها النبي عليه الصلاة والسلام نحن لا نتسمى باسم من لدينا من لدنا ومن لدينا نحن لا هذه المسميات كلها جاءت في الآثار وفي كلام الرسول عليه الصلاة والسلام فأنعم بمن ينتسبون إلى ما ثبت في القرآن والسنة وينبغي علينا في مثل هذه المجالس إذا حضرنا أن نعي ما يقال فإذا وعينا ما قيل لنا قامت علينا حجة والحجة أننا نعمل بعد ذلك قال ما علمت أنك من دين ان من دينك من دين الاسلام من هذه النبي مما انت عليه هذه السنه ان تفعل كذا تلتزم بكذا وجب عليك بعدك العمل لان لا خير في علم لا يترتب عليه العمل وانما ثمره العلم العمل فعوما يقوم ما يقال لكم وحرصوا على فهم ما يقال وإذا أشكل عليك شيء اسأل هذه المساله وشيخ ابو معاذ الله تعالى له دعوة طيبة في هذه البلاد كما علمنا وهو على مستوى من العلم بارك الله في علمه مرجع إليكم كلما أشكل عليكم أمر من أمر الدين عقيدة معاملات سلوك تربية أداب قرآن تفسير غير ذلك ترجعون إليه ويتضح لكم الأمر فإذا اتضح الأمر وعلمتم المسألة من دين الله تعالى قامت عليكم الحجة فعملوا بها إذا عملتم حصل الخير العظيم فرسل الله ليوفقكم وإيانا وأكم
0: so the Sheikh began by saying that we are pleased that we've been able to come and meet with our brothers and it's from the blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we're able to meet in these types of gatherings wherein we revise and we look over the affair of our religion and we do not in these gatherings go outside of what Allah has said and what the Messenger has said. These gatherings are all based upon the statements of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the statements of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and these gatherings they are surrounded by the angels. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he writes for us, that he blesses us with uprightness and success in benefiting from these gatherings and gaining from these gatherings. Then the Sheikh said as it has been announced to you, our topic of discussion tonight is going to be around what is the Salafi da'wah. And this Salafi Dawa A dawah al-Salafiyyah, that name, that term is synonymous to various other terms, the manhaj of Ahl-Sunnah, the da'wah of the, the saved sect, the successful party, uh, the people of Hadith, you hear these terms in Arabic, al-Ta'ifatul Mansoora, Ahlul Sunnah, Ahlul Hadith, all of these various terms are names for the one and the same thing. The da'wah that has come to us from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the da'wah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa all of it which is derived from the book of Allah and the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa and the methodology of the Salaf al Salih. And that is the methodology that we strive upon. The Quran, the Sunnah, the Salaf al Salih, and all of those who tread upon their methodology up until the hour is established. So, all of these, they are Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah. They are the saved sect, and we don't name ourselves with any name that we make up. Rather, these names: al-Ta'ifa al Sunnah, All of this is derived from the narrations, from the statements of the Prophet sallallahu So glad tidings to the one who attributes or associates himself to that which has come from the Qur'an and the Sunnah. So what is upon us now is that we take heed, focus, and understand what is being said. Because when we or if we understand this now about this manhaj, about this da'wah, We understand these affairs, then it becomes an evidence upon us. We have to then act upon it, so it is upon us, after gaining knowledge, to then act upon that knowledge. And there is no goodness in knowledge if you do not act upon that knowledge. What is built upon knowledge and the consequence of knowledge is the action. The fruits of the knowledge are the action. So strive to understand what is said. Strive to understand what is said and what will be said. And when you don't understand something, when you're gaining knowledge, then ask those who you are able to ask from the students of knowledge, those uh, who you can return to, who teach in your areas, and then the affair will become clear to you from what you're asking about and then once you understand those affairs the evidence is established upon you you've now gained that knowledge it is upon you to act upon that knowledge so strive with this knowledge gain it and then act upon that knowledge
1: من حيث الاشتقاق اللغوي عندما نقول الدعوة السلفية أو الجماعة السلفية كثير لا يعرف الاشتقاق اللغوي لهذا الاسم نقول هي جاءت من كلمة سلف سين ولام وفاء والسلف في لغة العرب هو من تقدم تقول من سلفك؟ أي من تقدمك؟ تقول سلفي فلان مثلاً ذكرت مسألة فقهية أو مسألة في العقيدة وقررت المسألة بدليلها تقول من سلفك في هذا المساله نقول سلفي أهل السنة العالم الفلاني أي بمعنى قد سبقوني بهذا القول وسلف الرجل آباؤه هذه الكلمة أصلها جاءت من من اللغه من من سبق نحن نقول نقول ما ما معنى سلفيون؟ أي نسير نسير من من قبلنا قبلنا هذا هذا منهم من هم؟ أولهم رسول الله صلى الله عليه الله هو وسلم هو الذي other thing is فهو أنزل الله عليه هذا الدين وقد كمل الله الدين على مبعث الرسول عليه الصلاة والسلام فهو خاتم الرسول فلا نبي بعده عليه الصلاة والسلام وأنزل عليه قرآنا يتلى إلى أن تقوم الساعة كل الكتب التي قبله التوراة والإنجيل والصحف صحف إبراهيم وما جاء أنزل أنزل الله على داود الزبور غير ذلك هذه كلها أعظمها القرآن لأنه خاتم ما جاءت به الرسل ونهاية ما جاءت به الرسل فالقرآن أعظم ما أنزل على نبيه وهو نبينا محمد عليه الصلاة والسلام فالقرآن دين الله وحجه الله على عباده ومن أراد معرفة الدين عرفه من القرآن وجاءت السنة لتبين القرآن سنة الرسول عليه الصلاة والسلام تبين القرآن ولذلك لا فكاك من السنة في معرفة القرآن وإلا نقرأ في القرآن أن نصلي الصلوات الخمس إن الصلاة كانت على المؤمنين كتاباً موقوتاً أي كتاباً مؤقتاً له وقت معين أقيم الصلاة لدلوك الشمس إلى قسق الليل وقرآن الفجر إنه قرآن الفجر كان مشكل هذا تضمنت كيف نعرف هذا؟ تأتي السنة تبين طيب الصلاة أمر الله تعالى بالصلاة كم نصلي عرفنا من الآية أقم الصلاة بسر أوقات الصلاة أنها صلاة عند يعني دلوك الشمس الظهر إلى غسق الليل داخل أيضا الظهر والعصر دلوك بعد ذلك المغرب والعشاء والفجر طيب كم نصلي الفجر كم نصلي الظهر كم العصر كم المغرب تأتي السنة تبين ذلك بعد ذلك وإلا ما نعرف ولذلك الذين يعني أخزاهم الله تعالى عندما تكلموا في مسائل يريدون تقليل من قيمة السنة ما نظروا إلى مسائل مثل هذه فلما نقول لهم كيف نعرف الصلاة إذا لم نرجع إلى السنة قالوا موجودة الصلاة موجودة في, في, في القرآن طيب ما هي قال مثنى وثلاثة ورباع هذه مثنى قالوا صلاة الفجر وثلاثة صلاة المغرب وربعة صلاة العصر المغرب والعشاء. من قال هذا؟ هذه الآية جاءت في سورة النساء لما الرسول الله تعالى أنزل أحكام النساء فقال تزوجوا مثنا، آه؟ يعني فرادى واحدة أو تنتين أو ثلاث أو أربعة. هذه حكم هذا. ما لها علاقة بمسألة هذه اللي تتكلمون أنتم فيها؟ ولذلك الذين حاربون السنة سنة الرسول عليه الصلاة والسلام هم قوم جهال ولذلك أحيانا العامي لربما يرد جهالتهم خرج جماعة من المتصوفة هؤلاء الضلال إلى بلد من بلاد آسيا لعله يقول لها سريلانكا هذه ماذا سيرلانكا الثاني ماليسيا يدعو الى الله تعالى فجاء إلى مسجد واحتشد في آمن الناس في المسجد وبدأ يتكلم في مسائل في العقيدة وكان لا يحتج بشيء من الدلالات في السنة أبدا ويقرر مسائل في التصوف في عقيدة التصوف فقام شاب ممن عنده شيء من العلم وأنه كان ضعيف قليل يعني. قال يا هذا لو سمحت عندي سؤال قبل أن تتعبسك تطول في درسك هذا حتى لا نكون في آخر درس نتعب نكون أتعبناك قال تفضل تفضل قال أنتم تقولون أن أحاديث الأحاد تجاهت على الرسول الله وأكثر ما جاء في العقيدة وأيضا في, في السنة الأخرى أحاديث أحاديث الأحاد يقول ما تقبلون أحاديث الأحاد يقول ما تقول الأحاديث متواترة قال نعم نقول هذا قال أنت الآن تقرر مسائل في العقيدة وفي أمور في العبادات وما جاءت بأحد معك يتواتف في كلامك معك جبت خمس سبعة ثمانية عشرة حتى إذا قلت قول نقول نسألهم واحد وعاء قالوا نعم كلامه صح نأخذ به أنت أحد أحد. أحد. كيف نقبل لا أحد قيم لك بالكلام أفهم لا لا هو يعني المسألة كب ولا كلمة أما تجيب سبعة معك يكون الثاني والتاسع أنت نقبل منك ولا جبت كاروا This is هي we أنهم يحتجون على المخالف responsible من the enemy وهم لا يعون هذه المسائل. وربما طالب صغير do يستطيع يصل to مثلاً، لكنهم And إيش يريدون أن يعني can be able to تعالى to في beliefs. المسلم ما يخجل من هذه المسائل. فمنهج أهل السنة قائم على أصول عظيمة الأصل كتاب الله وسنة رسول صلى الله عليه وسلم وأقوال السلف من بعدهم والصحابة خير من سمع القرآن وتعلم القرآن من خير معلم وهو رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم خير من سمع السنة وعرفها وجاء بعدهم أيضا علماء بعد ذلك عرفوا ذلك ودونوا بعد ذلك كلها وليس لفنا كلهم سبقونا هم خير من عبد الله تعالى الرسول والصحابة ومن جاء بعدهم ونحن نسير على هذا الدرب. فهذه السلفية من حيث المعنى ومن حيث الأصل والأصول التي سنتكلم عنها في بعض الحديث هذا كلها أصول جاءت عن السلف لسنوا بمبتدعين فيها ولا مبتكرين وإنما نسير على منهج اولئك
0: so then the sheikh he said in order to understand this topic of a السلفية the Salafi da'wah, what it is we'll begin by explaining the root derivation of the word Salafi, Salafiyyah what is the root derivation of this particular word where does it come from linguistically because many people the sheikh said don't understand what the word Salafi means in its root meaning where it comes from linguistically so this particular word salafi a comes from salaf and that is the one who has preceded you the one who has come before you so if you say to somebody who has preceded you then in arabic you would use the word salaf you could use the word salaf in that so if imagine you said to a person somebody was talking about an issue They're talking about this issue in Islam, that issue, some issue, whatever it is. And you say to them, who are your salaf in this issue? Meaning what you're talking about now and this position you're taking, etc. Who are your salaf in it? Meaning who has preceded you beforehand in this position and these statements of yours in this issue? And then you may say, the people who are my in this are such and such a scholar, such and such a scholar. You may mention others who have come before you, who have preceded you, and they would be your salaf. Linguistically, you can even say your forefathers, those who came before you, are your salaf. So this is where the root of the word comes from something which has gone by and preceded you already. So the Salafiyun, they are those who tread upon the methodology of those who have preceded us, the Salaf. And they are, at the head of them, when we talk about the Salaf, is the Messenger, the seal of the Prophets and the Messengers, The one whom Allah sent this religion upon the revelation to. And he is the seal of all of the prophets and messengers. So Allah sent upon him the Quran which is recited and continues to be recited up until the day of judgment. And as for the books that came before that, the Torah, the Zaburah, the Dawood, the Suhuf, All of these other books that came, these revelations that came. At the end came the Qur'an, the seal of all of the revelations. And the Qur'an is the greatest of all of those revelations. It is the greatest of all of those books and revelations that came. So the Qur'an is the religion of Allah. It is the evidence of Allah upon us. Whomsoever wants to understand the religion, then they need to study the Qur'an and the Sunnah, it clarifies and explains the Qur'an. There is no separation between the Qur'an and the Sunnah, you cannot split them apart. Otherwise, as an example, we read in the Qur'an about the prayer. Allah tells us in the Qur'an, al That the prayer was established, prescribed upon the believers in fixed times. So we hear about the prayer in the Qur'an. The general details of that are there. But then, when you want to break it down, how much do we pray, how do we pray, what do we pray, The details of all of those affairs are then clarified in the Sunnah. So the Sunnah goes alongside the Qur'an in clarifying and expanding upon and explaining those details. Otherwise in the Qur'an we simply know about the commandment of the prayer. We know about the generality of the timings. But the details, they are then found in the Sunnah hence this connection that cannot be broken between the quran and the sunnah as for those who have been degraded by allah those who belittle these affairs and if you were to ask them about these issues then they give answers that are incorrect and misguided those who wish to belittle the affair of the sunnah If you ask them about this issue as an example, they may say to you in terms of the prayers, quote the ayah from Surah An-Nisa where Allah is talking about marriage that you can marry in twos or threes or fours. They may quote this to you saying that this is the prayer. There are prayers that are in twos like the Fajr, prayers that are in threes like the Maghrib, Prayers that are enforced like the, the Dhuhr and Asr etc. But this ayah has no connection to that affair. This is their misguidance, their lack of understanding because of their negligence of the sunnah. That has nothing to do with it. So these individuals who fight against the sunnah, belittle the sunnah and do not give it its importance. Sometimes even a commoner, may come along and be able to refute one of them. It's mentioned in an example that there were some Sufis and they went to possibly Malaysia it was in Asia and they went to a mosque and they found some people and they began giving a a talk in that mosque. They began talking about the affairs of Aqidah but they would not use hadith. They would not use the Sunnah in their evidences for what they were talking about in terms of Aqidah etc. So then it's mentioned that whilst these Sufis were talking about Aqidah but not quoting any Hadith or Sunnah in there. They don't want to quote Hadith or Sunnah. So a young man, it's mentioned, said to these individuals that, allow me to ask a question before you carry on, give me a moment, don't want to let you carry on all the way to the end and then we have a whole bunch of questions and queries, allow me a moment just now before you carry on. And then he says to him, that you people, you do not accept the Al-Ahadith, al ahad the narrations that are narrated by a limited number of narrators in the chains of narration very simply a hadith, you may have multiple levels and multiple narrators at the levels but some hadith may have limited chains of narration some of the people of innovation don't accept the hadith which have in a nutshell very simply limited chains of narration so he says to this man you don't accept those narrations with those limited chains of narration with less narrators at each level, the guy, the man says, yes, we don't accept that. So then the boy says to him, well, in that case, if you only take the mutawatir, you don't take the ahad, then you and everything you're saying right now, you are considered ahad. You bring multiple people and multiple backup before we can consider your speech to be mutawatir. So the shaykh says that individual was stuck then. At the one hand he's saying we can only take it at mutawatir level. Multiple individuals narrating. On the other hand he himself is now establishing this aqidah. So the shaykh says the point is even commoners may be able to refute these individuals who oppose the sunnah in their positions. Ahlus sunnah. We, ahlul sunnah. We use the evidences that the people of deviation are trying to use against us, we use those very same evidences against them. Meaning if they bring something of an evidence which is legitimate, then we can use the very same evidence against them in a way as this boy, as this individual did to that man, that Sufi. So the manhaj of Ahl-Sunnah, it is built upon the Qur'an and the Sunnah, Qur'an and the Sunnah and the Salaf, the Sahaba at the head of them, those who directly learnt from the Prophet Sallallahu alayhi Wasallam, directly from the best of the teachers, the Qur'an, the Sunnah, they all took it directly from there. So this is what we mean by the Salaf, those who preceded us, the Sahaba, the Salaf, those who learnt directly from the Prophet and thereafter, and we then tread upon their pathway, this is what we mean by the salaf, all of it is principles derived and taken from the salaf, and we tread upon that manhaj of the salaf. So those people, those salaf, they've clarified this manhaj and this religion and detailed it, and that is what we are trading upon and following from the direct source. Ethan,
1: either Arafat and the Salafia, whom Aladina, Tapadu, Wamilu, Wabadullah, Ta'ala, Bimakana, Ali, Rasul, Ali, Salat, Wassalam. في العبادة والعقيدة والمنهج والمعاملات والآداب كل قضايا الدين ثم عمل بذلك الصحابة الله, الله عليهم. ثم القرون المفضلة ثم من جاء بعدهم فهم أيضا على ذلك سائرون إلى أن تقوم الساعه بهذا تعرف منهج السلف رضوان الله عليه والرسول عليه الصلاه والسلام ذكر القرون المفضله لما نقول القرون المفضله ما معنى القرون المفضله يعني القرون, القرون التي زكاها رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم ان من يعيش فيها قوم سيتعلمون ما جاء بي الرسول وحمله الصحابة علما فقها عملا على كل أجزاء هذا الدين في المجمل وفي التفصيل ولذلك تجدنا القرون الفضلة ما من جزئية في دين الله تعالى في العقيدة أو العبادة أو المنهج أو الآداب أو المعاملات إلا وعملت به القرون مفضلة لأنها قرون مفضلة فضلها الله تعالى بالعمل على هذا ولذلك كانوا منهج فأي قاعدة أو أي عبادة أو أي مسألة في العقيدة أو المعاملة يعني خاض الناس فيها ثم اختلفوا نقول ارجعوا إلى القرون مفضلة ماذا عملوا واعملوا بما كانوا يعملون اذا اختلفنا مثلا في كيف نغسل الميت كيف نكفنه كيف نصلي عليه كيف ندفنه اختلفنا في مثلا في البيوع كيف يتم البيع وماذا يكون بعد البيع وما الاقرار وما الشرط ومن نقول اذا اختلف مثلا نرجع الى فهم القول السلم الصالح القرون المفضلة فإذا رجعنا إلى تلك القرون وجدنا وعرفنا كيف غسلوا الميت وكيف كفنوه وكيف صلوا عليه وكيف دفنوه نعمل ما عملوا. ما تأتي لي بشيء جديد ما عندك شيء جديد في مسألة النكاح في مسألة البيوة في كل المسائل هذا دين الله كتاب الله سنة سورة فهمه لا يمكن أن تفهم انما فهمك يكون بفهم تلك القرون المفضله هم خير من فهم مسائل العقيده والعبادات والمنهج والاداب والبيو وطبقوها في ذلك الزمان ومن جاء بعدهم لا ينبغي يخالفهم انما يسير على اثرهم ومن خالفهم او جاء بما لم يكونوا عليه فهذا مرفوض منبوذ نقول أنا قولوا المفضله لم تفعله وانت لست منه افضل منهم بل هم افضل منك بتقزيه الرسول لهم على الصره قال قول قرني ولا ديالي ولا دياليه هذه ثلاث قرون فضله وانت منين جيت بهذا القرون فضله لم تعمل بهذا لماذا عملت فيه اذا انت تكون هنا وقعت في البتعه انك خالفت القرون الفضله اذا المبتدع هو من خالف ما عليه القرون الفضله ولان القرون الفضله لم تخالف ما جاء بالصحابة ولو الصحابه لم يخالف ما جاء بالرسول عليه الصلاة والسلام هذه قاعدة عظيمة ينبغي أن يضبطها المسلم السني السلفي من أهل السنة والجماعة ولذلك نقول أن السلفيون هم أهل السنة والجماعة نقول جماعة لأنهم مجتمعون ليسوا متفرقون لم يتفرقوا ولن يتفرقوا لأن إلي النبي على صوتها والصحابة معهم الرسول والذين بعدهم جماعة الصحابة وَهَكَذَا فهم مجتمعون على دين الله، اسم متفرقين إذا قال العالم مسألة وأفتى بها في شرق الأرض وجيت إلى غرب الأرض إلى من السنه سألته سيرت نفس الفتوى ما ذلك نفس الدليل هناك تجود الدليل هنا شمالة جنوبا حيثما سدام. تعيت تقولها ولا عندهم اتصالات ولا عندهم اتصالات ولا شيء قبل هذه اتصالات وقبل هذه جوالات. يفتووا بفتوى واحدة، كأنهم حاضرون في بقاء في وضع واحد. ليه ماذا؟ لأن المرجع واحد، الأصل منبع واحد. لا خلاف. إذا أهل سنة وهم أهل جماعة سنة وجماعة مجتمعون. ثم نقول أهل السنة بمعنى أنهم يصرون على سنة الرسول على الصراط وعلى سنن الهدى والرسول خلقه القرآن على الصراط والسلاح. وهو الذي انزل عليه القران وطبقه حرفا بحرف كان رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم حياته القران صلاته القران عباداته القران عاملاته كلها في القران تجدها وهكذا اصحابه من بعده فهم مجتمعون على اصول وعلى سنه فهم سموا اهل سنة لانهم اهل سنة يعملون بسنه رسول الله مجتمعون لانهم جمالا مجتمعون ولذلك من بعدهم ليسوا مجتمعين متفرقون الاشاعر متفرقون المعتدله متفرقون الروافض كل الملل هذه بل يتصارعون ويتحاربون ويتناطحون يعني بعض الفرق تصل الى مئات واكثر هذا ينبذ هذا وهذا يتفرع من هذا وهذا الخوار يخبر الرسول عسى الله قال كلما قطع قرن خرج قرن كلما قطع قرن خرج قرن حتى يخرج ماذا في عراضهم الدجال الدجال من الخوارج ولم يأتي بعد ولذلك تسمع الآن قاعدة داعش عرفيش أسمع كلهم قروم الثالثة كلهم على منهج واحد تكفير وقتل سفك دماء يحبون شوف الدماء هذا لو كانوا مجتمعون لما حصل منهم هذا لكنهم تفرقوا وكل منهم يطبق الدين على هواه ولذلك حرم كتاب الله وحرم سنه الرسول عليه الصلاه والسلام لما ياتي منهم هذا الخارجي يقتل يعني يقول احدهم هذا هو الله تعالى هذا علي اي ومن فعل الربا وقد قامت عليه الحجة انه محرم فهو كافر هذا لو كافر لا كافر مكفر وما دام كفره ما لو له لو قتل واحد ما عنده حجة طب ما دليل انه كافر قال لان فاعل الربا يدخل النار قال ومن دخل النار لا يخرج منها ما الدليل قال إنك من تدخل النار فقد أخزيتها على كتاب الله إنك من تدخل النار فقد قال ومن أخزى الله لا أخوي منها سبحان الله وحديث الرسول كفر دون كفر ظلم دون ظلم ها وأن بعض يعني الذنوب سفها رسوله صلى الله إنه لا يخلد فيها وأن يعني ينقذ فيها على ما شاء الله وربما ما شاء الله أن يقفر له ليش تحجر ما وسع الله ما وصل رسول الله فأدلتهم يقول من القران لكنها بدون فهم السلف الصالح بفهم الخلف اصحاب الاهواء هذا لا ينبغي الله تعالى يقول في الكتاب العزيز في حق مسلم وكافر مشرك اياته فينبغي ان من قاد هذه الايات ان الله لا يغفر ان يشرك به ويغفر ما دون ذلك من هو ما دون ذلك؟ هذا المرابي هذا يتوب تاب الله علينا ولم يتوب مات عليه ماذا يفعل به؟ بحد على قدر ما كان من جرمه كبيرا ثم يقول للجنه مسلم مات على التوحيد ما نكفر نحن وهكذا يكفر كل صاحب ذنب بتهمة أنه إذا فعل الذم من الكبير فهو كافر وأنه لأن هذا الدم يدخل النار ومن يدخل النار ما يخرجه. يتألهون على الله تعالى. واتي بعضهم هكذا من اعتزلاء وغيره وقالوا دون يعني بين المنزلتين يقول لا كافر ولا مسلم لا مسلم ولا كافر كيف طيب؟ يعني ضلالات. ثم هم يكفرون بعضهم البعض. ولربما كفر المسلم وشد على المسلم وغير المسلم. يكونون هينين لينين ما، لما جاء الخوارج لذلك زمان الأول أول ما بدهو جاءوا إلى صحابي ابن صحابي ابن صحابي نعم و عرضوا عليه ما عندهم قال لا لا أنا ما أؤمن بهذا أنا أؤمن بما جاء الرسول أخبروا أبي كان الصحابة فكفروه وبدأوا بزوجته بقر وبطنة كانت حامل واخر يطفل ذهب وحو ذهب ابي فقل له هذا الصحابي ثم بعد ما ذهبوا الى ظل شجر وجلسوا ونزلت بعض الثمار فقام احدهم اخذها قال لا تاخذ لا تاكلها هذا مال مسلم ها ما يجوز لك تاكلها ومره كلب واحد ضرك قال لا هذا مالا دمي ما شاء الله يعني هذه حرام تأكلها وهذا حرام حق دمي وذاك المسلم ابن الصحابي اللي بقرت وذا وسويت سويت فيه ما فعلوا هذا تنابضات عجيبة لأن الدين دين عقل عندهم ودين أخذ الآيات بهواهم فنصم الله السلام والعقل so then the
0: shaykh he said if you then understand now that the salafiyun they are there for those who have the aqidah. They have that correct aqidah based upon the Qur'an and the Sunnah and the Salaf and they act upon that and they worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon that upon the way that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi was upon. And that is in all of the affairs, in their worship, in their in their interaction and dealings with the people, in the mannerisms, in all of the affairs of the religion, it is based upon that methodology of the Salaf. That is the Salafiyun, and then we can also say that the Salaf, the Sahaba, the head of them, they were the, they were from the Al Qurun Al the the. The righteous generations, the virtuous generations. And that is what the Salaf are known as Al Qurun Al Mufaddhalah, those virtuous early generations. And the Prophet, ﷺ, he is the one who mentioned that those early generations are those virtuous ones, that they have that virtue. And who are they exactly? They are the ones whom the Prophet ﷺ gave that tazkiyah. to He is the one who praised them upon that That they are the virtuous generations From the Sahaba and those early generations So There were amongst them in those early generations Who studied and they learnt Their knowledge, their fiqh, their actions All of the affairs of the religion generally and in detail from the direct sources from the Prophet. And so those early generations they learnt all of their aspects of the religion from that initial source. And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave them that rank and status and virtue because of their action that they acted upon that knowledge that they had gained and that is why they were upon the correct manhaj they learnt directly from the prophet and they acted upon that and so they had that virtue so now any issue that we may differ over that the people may differ over whatever that issue may be then we say return back to those early generations whether it is in affairs of the Jana'is, how to shroud a person how to wash a person how to bury a person then we say go back to the salaf look at how they did it and what they did and it will become clear to you how to do these affairs, if it comes to the issue of buying and selling the various types of uh, agreements and the various conditions and aspects of agreements in buying and selling, how do they work, what happens, then go back to the salaf once again and you will see exactly how it is done and you will understand from them. So whatever there is from the issues of the religion, there is nothing new from us. All of the affairs, they return back to them. They return back to the early generations, those salaf at the head of them, the Prophet wasallam, those who come after them, then we simply tread upon the path of those early salaf, and we do not oppose them. Anybody who opposes their way, then that person is rejected. We do not accept his way, we do not accept his position and statements if they are opposing the understanding of the Salaf in a matter. So those Salaf, they were the best of the generations by the Tazkiyah, the recommendation and the praise of the Messenger for them. And so whomsoever now opposes them opposes those early generations the righteous generations the virtuous generations then that person is going to fall into bid'ah because if you oppose the salaf and you oppose those virtuous generations then you are opposing that correct and righteous upright methodology which has been taken from the Prophet ﷺ and so you would end up in bid'ah if you are opposing them. So as for this term now coming back to it, the Salafiyun or Ahl-Sunnah wal-Jama'ah, then we say Ahl-Sunnah wal-Jama'ah, the Jama'ah part meaning that Ahl-Sunnah are united, that the Prophet ﷺ, has gathered them and united them, united us upon the religion of Allah. If you were to go to an alim, a Salafi alim in the east ends of the world, and ask him for a fatwa on a particular given issue, and then you go to another alim, Salafi at the other end of the world, and ask him about that issue, you will get the same answers you will get the same answers to those issues of the religion, even though the two ulama may be set distances apart. And that is even before the time of the technology, the Shaykh says, meaning it's not just because everybody's connected now, it's all the same. Even before that, before the connection, because those scholars, wherever they are, are all upon that same source of knowledge, the same source for their religion. The Qur'an and the Sunnah and the Salaf. So you'll find the same answers. So that is the jama'ah that they are united in that way. As for saying Ahlus Sunnah at the beginning, because we tread upon the Sunnah, we tread upon that and we practice that and we implement that. The Prophet the Qur'an was revealed to him his whole life was based upon that Quran and the teachings of it his interactions with the people his behavior all of his affairs from that revelation so the Sahaba were all united upon that and this is what we talk about saying the understanding of the Sahaba they were all united with the teachings of the Prophet but now you see the people of innovation the, the Mu'tazila, the Rawafid, all of these different groups of innovation that they are split and disunited. And some of them, within them, their groups are hundreds or more. How they all split off into sections and splinters. And so every generation it goes by. And these groups and these splittings, they exist up until there will come the time of the dajjal itself the sheikh gave the example of the khawarij and how you have these groups now al Qaeda and daesh these uh, isis as they call them and these types of groups all of them upon the spilling of blood and upon killing they've all disunited and separated all of them implementing the religion upon their desires Hence, the splitting and differing. They are not implementing the religion from the source of the knowledge, the Prophet sallam, the Sahaba, the Salaf. They are implementing the Qur'an and the, the revelation that they take upon their own understanding. So the Khawarij, they will come and their opinion is to kill, and they kill the people. And one of them, the sheikh says, he's alive now. May Allah guide him. He says, if a person takes interest like interest in your bank accounts somebody takes interest and you clarify to that person the impermissibility of the interest and after that clarification that it's haram etc he is then deemed a kafir once you've clarified to him and he's upon that he is now a kafir according to them the evidence They say, because the one who takes the interest, there are narrations and evidences indicating that person will enter the fire. Okay, and then they go a step further though, and say, that whomsoever enters the fire like that, and whomsoever Allah puts into the fire, then Allah has degraded them and disgraced them as the ayah of the Qur'an does say. So they use that type of evidence, Whomsoever enters the fire, then Allah has disgraced them. Absolutely. But then they've taken that upon their own understanding to say that means therefore, if Allah has disgraced them and this has occurred to them, that they will never exit from the fire. How could they exit? That is their own interpretation. So they may use evidences of the Quran. But they will use those ayat not with the understanding of the Salaf upon them, they will use those ayat with their own intellects. What their own minds tell them, it means this, it means that. Hence, they go astray and they split and they differ. So, we take from the Salaf, but the people of innovation, they take from the Khalaf. Those who are not upon that Salafi methodology they are not from those who took from the direct source of that revelation from Allah to the Prophet. Allah says in the Quran, That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not forgive that you commit shirk with him, but he forgives all else to whom he wills. So now this is an evidence that the one who repents then Allah forgives that person, contradicting the ideology of the khawarij that if you enter the fire upon a sin, you will not be forgiven and you will remain therein forever. So they say, that person will not exit, but the reality is as Ahl Sunnah say, a person may enter the fire, he may have done sins, but that individual if he died upon Tawheed, then in the end he will exit from the fire, and be entered into paradise but the khawarij upon their misguidance they say he does not exit because they do not take from the salaf they take from their own intellects their ahwa their own desires and then the mu'tazila the mu'tazila they say that a person is uh, between two levels as you say he is in limbo that a person is in two levels neither muslim neither kafir Look at all these misguidances of theirs, to declare the ruling upon a person that you're neither Muslim, you're neither kafir, you're in a limbo state between the two. All of these misguidances of these people, to the extent that the people of innovation, when they do this and they use their desires and intellects, they end up declaring each other as kuffar to, groups of them declaring other groups of them to be kuffar, because they don't agree with their understanding and their uh, uh, intellect on how to interpret things. Had they all gone back to the source of the interpretation, the Salaf, then they would have been united. But they use their desires and their minds and so they split and they declare each other as Kuffar. And from their misguidances that they may even be more severe upon Muslims than they are upon non-Muslims. And there's an example where there was a companion, the son of a companion, and they came to him and they presented their position to him. And when they presented their position to him, he rejected it. Their misguided methodology rejected it. So when he rejected it, they declared him to be a kafir. And they, it is mentioned that they cut, they slit open. The the his wife who was pregnant at the time they slit open her stomach, uh, uh, who was pregnant at the time and declared him to be a kafir because he didn't accept their misguided ideology. Is, is, Ibn Abil Aufah. Aufah who, Ibn Abil so he was Ibn Abil Ofa. The companion was uh, uh, Al Ofa. He was uh, Abul Ofa, and he was now Ibn, the son of Abul Ofa. In this story that they declared him a kafir and they slit open his pregnant wife's stomach so they did this because he rejected what they were upon and their misguidance later on it's mentioned how they went and they sat under a tree and some fruits fell from that tree and some of them were about to pick and eat another said no don't eat that fruit you can't eat that fruit because this tree doesn't belong to you it's the property of another muslim showing look at their mindset this piece of fruit no way you can't touch it it's the property of another muslim upholding the laws but when it came to that man he didn't agree with their misguidance declare him a kafir upon it and slit open the stomach of his pregnant wife so this is uh, their religion meaning that their religion is based upon their aql. It is based upon their desires and their interpretations, whereas Ahl-Sunnah, it is upon the source of the Salaf, the Sahaba, who learned from the Prophet
1: Sallallahu ينقسمون إلى ثلاث فرق السلفيون ينقسمون إلى ماذا؟ إلى ثلاث فرق يقول هذا كلام غير صحيح السلفيون هم فرقة واحدة هم السلفيون هم أهل الجماعة هم الطائفة المنصورة إنما التفرق عند الملل الأخرى و عندما يسأل من هم هؤلاء يقول السلفيون في عندنا سلفيون وأشعريون وما تريديون وهؤلاء كلهم قال أهل السنة لا هذا موما في وصحي السلفيون هم أهل السنة الأشعريون أشاعرة الماتريدون تريدون ما خالفوا ما هي السنة ولذلك تجد أن الفرق بين هذه الثلاث في مسائل العقيده اهل السنه يثبتون صفات الله تعالى ما جاء في كتاب الله وسنه رسوله لله وجه لله يد بل يدان، لله قدم لله ساق لله صفات الله تعالى التي جاءت في القران والسنه يثبتونها على ظاهرها ولا ولا يكيفون كيف هي الله اعلم الله استوى على عائشه قال نعم استوى على عرشي. طيب كيف استوى معلوم والكيف مجهول والاستواء نعلم ايش معناه في اللغه العرب استواء على وصعدا وارتفع هذه معنى الاستواء كيف الله اعلم اذا نحن نقر بالاستواء جاء في القران وجاء في السنه الكيفية هذه المسألة ما نعلمها ونرد الأمر إلى الله تعالى هو أعلم والسؤال عنه عن كيف هذه بدعه ما يقولها إلا واحد مبتدع وكثير مسائل الصفات هل الله ينزل؟ نقول نعم ينزل في الثلث الأخير من الليل نزول يليق به سبحانه وتعالى كيف الله أعلم لماذا ما تقول نحن نقول ما تصل هذا ما قال لنا رسول الله كيف ما أخبر الله عن نفسي كيف؟ وهكذا هؤلاء الأشاعرة والما ما يثبتون صفات الله تقول لا ما ينزل ليس له له وكذا لي يعني كأنهم يريدون يعني أن يعظمون الله تعالى كل هذه اليد للمخلوقات هو قال عن نفسي إذن هنا فارق عظيم نحن نؤمن بما جاء في القرآن وما جاء في السنة وأولئك يردون ما جاء في القرآن والسنة هذا الفرد عظيم بينه وبينهم فلا تقول أن أهل السنة هم السلفيون والأشاعرة والما لا هذا غير صحيح طيب إذا عرفنا هذا إذا نحن عرفنا من هم أهل السنة والجماعة منهم السلفيون منهم الطائفة النصور عرفنا هذا حمد لله طيب نقول أيضا مسألة أخرى من هو السني بعباره اخف السني من هو يقول السني هذا اللفظ إنما يطلق على الشخص الذي التزم معتقد اهل السنة والجماعه المدون في كتبهم ولم يخرج عنه قيد ام له اذا انت سني تقول انا سني ليه كيف سني انت يقول انا لا اخالف ما جاء من اصول اهل السنه ودونت في كتب أهل السنة بأدلتها من كتاب الله والسنة ما يخالف ولا قيد أملا اتبعهم في هذا وأنهج منهجهم وأفهم هذا وأقرره كما ما وأعمل به هذا هو سني أما يقول أنا بعضهم بعض المسائل هذه أقبلها وبعض ردها ولا أنت مسلم ولا أنت سني ولا أنت من السنة وجمعنا لابد أن نعرف ولذلك اصول أهل السنه مدونه فمن يقال له سلفي هذا لابد ان يكون عارف هذه المسائل ونحن ولحدنابنا في درسنا في محاضراتنا في برمنغهام وننبه هنا ايضا نذكر الان هنا عندنا اصول السنه واحد واحد الذي يستطيع هذا المجلس لابد من ضبط هذه الاصول ومعرفه كل اصل معناه ودليله وما قال علماء فيه آثار فيه وكتبهم فيه حتى تكون سلفي وسني معنى وقلبا وقالبا لفظا ومعنا فلا بد من ذلك طيب بعض الناس يقولون ان السلفيه هذه متعلقه بالعبادات بس ما لها دخل في المعاملات من قال هذا هذا يقول لا يقولون ولذلك سئل الشيخ ربيع علامة فضل الله تعالى سؤال قال هل يا شيخ هل قضايا المنهج السلفي قاصره على مسائل الاعتقاد فقط ام هي شامله لكل الدين بما في ذلك المنهج الشرعي في الاصلاح اصلاح المجتمعات اسمع جواب الشيخ لان هذا اللي ندندن به الفرقه الضاله مسائل الاصلاح عدل ما لهم في شيء سلفية قال الشيخ الله أحفظه الله تعالى ورحمه الله أيضا فإن المنهج السلف إن المنهج السلف شامل للعقائد والمناهج أو للعقائد والمنهج الذي جاء به محمد عليه الصلاة والسلام فيشبه العقائد والعبادات والمعاملات والسياسة والاقتصاد وكل سبل الحياة بما في ذلك المنهج السائل في الإصلاح أي إصلاح المجتمعات ولا يجوز الخروج عن هذا المنهج أي مجال وبأي حال من الأحوال والقائلون الممتدعين وبعض الأحزاب أنا سلفي عقيدة ومعتقد خلافا خلافه يقول أنا سلفي عقيدة ومعتقد ثم يخالف تنظيماً المنهج مغالط للنفس والعبادة, والعبادة للنفس والعباد فإن ليس رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم إلا اعتقاد واحد ومنهج واحد لا يجوز للمسلم أن يخرج عن واحد منهما من عقيدته ومن ماجي على صلاة السلام انتهى كلام حفظه الله هذا كلام عالم وهذه عقيدة السنة وهذا منهجهم أن السلفية عقيدة وعبادة ومعاملة ومنهج صلاح للمجتمع وأما قول هؤلاء الذين يفرقون هذا قول باطل مردود على قائده إذن الأدلة على صحة النسبة إلى السلفية كمنها وعقيده وتسميتهم كذلك فهم أهل السنة والجماعة ومن أسمائهم كما قلنا الحديث السنة والجماعة السلفيون أتباع السلف قال تعالى ومن يشاق الرسول من بعد ما تبين له الهدى ويتتبع غير سبيل المؤمنين هذه آية تدل التبع غير من أي سلف فأنت تبع سبيل المؤمنين الذي قبلك ما نسى قبلك أكل التي قبلك والتي إلى رسول الله صل الله عليه وسلم هو لا قبلك أنت تبعه أنت تأتي بجديد ومن يشاق رسول الرسول أسمه هو جاء بالدين هذا ويتبع سبيل غير سبيل المؤمنين والمؤمنين هم صحابة من بعد الرسول ومن بعضه كلهم فضلاء ومن بعضه من بعده يشاطر منازعهم في هذا أنت تنازع سلفك الذي هم آباءهم من الذي على أهل الدين قبل تريد أن تأتي بدين آخر جديد علماء وليس صحيح إذا أنت لا أصل لك وأسألك ترجع إليه حتى تقول أنا أنت سب لا أو أنت من نبيك محمد أصلي ومن صحابة الأديان من أهل الدين من صحابة خروض الله عليهم الذين كانوا حورسول ومن عمل الدين من بعض القرن الفضلة ومن عمل هكذا إذا أنت متصل بالسلسلة فلا تأتي تبطح هذه السلسلة في موضع بضلال منك ينبغي تنبه لهذه المسأل طيب عندنا أصول أهل السنة أصول الدعوة السلفية تقوم على ثلاث أصول عظيمة الدعوة السلفية تقوم على ثلاث أصول عظيمة الأصل الأول إخلاص العبادة لله سبحانه وتعالى هذا جانب عبادة إخلاص العبادة لله تعالى. والإخلاص شرط من شروط العبادة كل عبادة تعبد الله تعالى بها لا تخلص له فهي محبطه لا قيمة لها لأن هذا الشرك والله تعالى يقول في الحديث القدسي من أشرك معي غيري تركته هو شركة أنا أغنى الشركاء من اغنى من اشرك معي غيري تركته وشركه اللي يعبد النار واللي الشمس واللي الهواء واللي اذهب القبر لا اللي يعبد وال عبدته معي انا اغنى ما بحاجه عبادتك اذهب الى هذا الذي عبدته معي واجعله اليوم ينجيك ما ترى من عذاب والله غني عن عباداتنا كلها واي شركت معه وتركك هو انت الذي هذا شركت معه اذهب الى اهلك الى اكان في يوم القيامه كل من عبد اله يجد امامه يقول هذا النار هذا الشمس عبد الشمس اذا يعني يروح معه واللي عبد هبل يروح معه واللي عبد قبر واللي عبد فلان واللي فلان يروح معه كلهم يريدون على جهنم اذا هذا اول اصل من اصول على السنة وهو اخلاص العباده لله تعالى الاصل الثاني لزوم الجماعه والسنه والطاعه لزوم الجماعه تلزم جماعه مع سنه وطاعه لما حملوا هذه الاصول الاصل الثالث الحذر من البدع والمبتدعين اذا انت على عباده وعلى منهج ومع ذلك تحذر من 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 المبتدعة لأن المتدى يناقضون يخلون في العبادة ويخلون في المنهج فهؤلاء ليسوا من أهل السنه ومع ذلك نحن نكفرهم أمره من الله تعالى ولكن نقول أنتم عندكم خطأ في العبادة خطأ في المعتقد خطأ أيضا في المنهج أنتم تستحدثون في دين الله تعالى كل يوم شيء ليس منهم هذه اللي تعملون الآن من زيارات ومن موالد ومن أمور كلها لسه من الدين ورسوله من أحدث في أمرنا هذا أمرنا هذا يعني دين الله أما تحدث تعمل لك يعني غطرة تعمل لك قميص تعمل لك ثوب تعمل لك طاقية هذه محدثات الدنيا هذه بس فيها جوال صغير جوال كبير يعني كاسة صغيرة كا هذه أمور هذه الدنيا أعمل مشيت فيها ما في شيء أدمي دين هذا ما تعبد الله تعالى ولا ما ولا افعل ما أشيره. هذه محدثات لا يسويها. لكن المحدثات في الدين من أحدث في أمرنا هذا أي ديننا هذا ما ليس منه أي لم يكن على الرسول ولا الذين ساروا على بعده واستحدثه برأي أو قول أو اتباع شيخ هذا مبتدع في دين الله. والمبتدع يخشى عليه أن يظل إلى أن يصل إلى النار مخلدا. لان يكفر صلى الله عليه وسلم لكنه في بداية حنحرف في هذه درجات فربما قاده إلى شيء وربما دون ذلك وهو تحت مشيئة الله تعالى ما نقولنا مقايس الله ولا نقول له كافر لكن أحدث في الدين الله ولذلك جاء في حوض النبي عليه الصلاة والسلام أن حوض النبي ترد عليه أمته الذين آمنوا به واتبعوه وساروا على نهجه فيسقيه من حوضه عليه الصلاة والسلام يسقيهم يسكيهم من حوضه ثم يأتي قوم الملائكة تصدهم عن الحوض تصدهم عنه لا يأتونه فيراهم الرسول عليه الصلاة والسلام فيقول أمتي أمتي دعوهم أمتي يقولوا لا يا محمد هؤلاء في الدين، في الدين بعدك هذا ليس من أمتي هذا أحدث في الدين بعدك ويصدون عن الحوض يدادون عنه يدادون عنه ما يجعله يردون عليه والحوض أول ما يرد عليه أهل القيامة فمن ورد على الحوض وشريع من حوض الرسول هذه بشره له أنه سيأخذ الجنة ومن يعني دادته الملك عنه هذا يخشى أن يكون من المخلدين في النار أتريد أي المسلم أن ترد على حوض الرسول ما منه إلا أنه يتمنى عليه وهم الأهل يقول لما يخشوا يقولون الله ما حوضك طيب حوضك انتبع رسول هنا الحوض ترد عليه أما تدعي تتمنى وتبقى قديمه بالاماني من قال ما نام أنا قال أنا في أمنيتي أن أصلي أربع ركعات الأشياء ولكني متعب سأنام خلاص الأمنية والدينة يصل هذا لا يصلح هذا لا بد من وعمل يقول أنا يعني أنوي الحج خلاص نية تذهب تح... تطوف تسعى هذه نية دباع عملها النيه عمله فهذه أصول السنه في 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 الأساس كل الأصول باقي تنبعت من هذه عقيدة منهج عدم بدع سيأتي معنا إن شاء الله تفصيل اصول إن شاء الله تريد شوف كلام الشيخ ربيع؟ ها؟ طيب طيب طيب
0: Just a quick announcement before this section of the translation. There's a car which needs to be parked in a better way. It is incorrectly parked, it needs to be sorted out. It is a Vauxhall Corsa SB57BOV. A Vauxhall Corsa SB57BOV. That car needs to be looked at and parked more appropriately. One other thing to mention, the story regarding the Khawarij and when they met that companion, the son of the companion. uh, He was actually Abdullah ibn Khabbab. So correct your notes on that. It was Abdullah ibn Khabbab. So in this section now, the Shaykh mentioned that there's something we need to highlight. We've been talking about the Salafi manhaj, what it is, where it comes from, the source of it. But there's something we need to make everybody aware of. It's a mistake that some people fall into, whereby they say that Salafis, they are three offshoots. They are three groups, three types of Salafis, and that is incorrect. The ones who say this, they say that what they mean is the Asha'irah, the Maturidiyah, and then the Salafiyun. that all these three, they all claim to be Ahl-Sunnah. So they say the Salafis are these three different groups. Whereas we know the Salafis are one united uh, entity, Ahl-Sunnah wal Jama'ah. It is the people of innovation, their groups and sects, they split and differed. So they claim the Salafis are split in these three different groups the Asha'ira, the Maturidiyah, and then the Salafis. But we say that actually that is not the case at all. And when you look into that, you realize that those three groups, those Ashairah and Maturidiyah, they are in opposition to the Salafiyun in Aqeedah. They are in opposition in actual Aqeedah affairs. So when it comes to affirming the attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, affirming the hands of Allah, the face of Allah, the attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they do not affirm them. Whereas Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah, we affirm those attributes upon their apparent as they are, without going into the details of how. So for example, it mentions that Allah, Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, the Istiwa is mentioned, that Allah is rises above His throne, is above the creation, above the throne. So we affirm that, we affirm the Istiwa, we know that is something understood to us, we understand what Istiwa means, to go above and to rise above, those are the meanings of the word. So we understand that and we affirm that but we do not go into the description of how how does Allah rise above his throne how is Allah uh, above his throne this howness Allah has not informed us of the prophet sallallahu wasallam has not informed us of so we affirm it as it is we understand What it is in that general meaning al-istiwa, to rise above, to go above, that Allah is above, we understand and affirm all that. How does Allah rise above? We do not go into that, we do not have knowledge of that. Asking that question and delving into that, going down that path, then that is 'ah. bid'ah, bid'ah to go into that. How does Allah go up? How does Allah rise above the throne? That we do not get into. That is bid'ah, and the way of the people of bid'ah. The innovators are the ones who speak in those affairs in that way. So we affirm that similarly that Allah descends in the last third of the night. We affirm and we understand that Allah descends to the lowest heaven in the last third of the night how that we do not know and the prophet sallallahu has not informed us how allah descends so we don't go into how but we affirm that allah descends in the last third of the night so as for the Asha'ira and the maturidiyah the sects that some claim are all salafis are all split up then no the Ash'arī and the maturidiyah they do not even affirm these attributes of Allah, and it's as though their reason for not affirming them was because they believed that was the way to demonstrate and to indicate the greatness of Allah. Meaning they thought if we affirm these attributes, then maybe we're going to make comparison to creation. There's going to be resemblance and we're going to be going down that path. So they thought maybe our, what is needed from us to indicate and to show and how, have our belief of the greatness of Allah is to close that door. So they rejected those attributes. So they reject what is in the Quran and the Sunnah. These attributes of Allah are in the Quran and the Sunnah. So do not say that the Salafiyun or Ahlul Sunnah, they are three groups of them, three sects of them, the Ashaira are not from them, the Maturidiyah are not from them. Then there is another issue, the issue of the word Sunni. Who do we say is a Sunni? That word is applied upon the one who clings on to the aqidah of Ahl-Sunnah, which has been recorded and written in the books of the scholars throughout history. He sticks and clings to that one pure aqidah, the pathway of Ahl-Sunnah, and does not deviate away from it, even, as they say in Arabic, a finger's worth, a fingertip amount not even the tiniest amount, he does not stray away from that, then that person is a Sunni. He does not oppose the methodology of the Salaf, that Aqidah of the Salaf, he's upon that in every aspect, understands it, acknowledges it, believes in it, acts upon it, then he is the Sunni. But then You get some people coming along and saying, I accept some of what the Salafis say, but I don't accept some other parts. I accept this part, I accept those things, but I don't accept this or that. Then we say, no, that is not the meaning of being a Sunni. A Sunni is not the one who accepts some and rejects some. Sunni is the one who clings to the Sunnah, to that path completely. So the one who claims to be Salafi, then he must be upon that upright methodology completely, he must be upon that pathway clinging to it absolutely. And it's important that a person understands the basic principles of Salafiyyah, understands the basic concepts, principles, of salafiyyah in their words the words that are used to explain things and the meanings of those words because salafiyyah it is something which is connected to all of the affairs to your worship to your your interactions and dealings with the people to your to all of your religious affairs salafiyyah is encompassing of it all and there's an example where As Shaykh Rabi'ah, Hafizahullah Ta'ala was asked a question that the Salafi Manhaj, when we talk about the Salafi Manhaj, is that something that is only restricted to Aqeedah? When you talk about Salafi Manhaj, then are you basically talking about the Salafi Aqeedah? Just that aspect of things. Or is Salafiyah Something which encompasses all aspects of the religion. That it encompasses all of the affairs. In terms of rectification between the people and rectification of the ummah. And those affairs that the people are always talking about. Does it include all of that? Or is Salafiyya Salafi just about this aqeedah you're always talking about? So the Shaykh said... The Salafi Manhaj, it is something that incorporates the Aqidah and the, the Manhaj, and it is something which is all-inclusive of that Aqidah and Manhaj, the methodology as a whole that the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam came with. So it includes the Aqidah, it includes your worship, your Ibadah, how, and what, it includes your dealings and interactions with the people. Uh, it includes all of these affairs of the religion, all of the affairs of your lives. They are all included in that. And all of the affairs of the people and rectification of the ummah, etc. Everything is included in that Salafi manhaj. It's not just aqeedah that we mean by Salafi. And therefore, it is not permissible for anybody to exit from that manhaj, from that methodology. Not permissible for anybody to go outside of that manhaj of the Salaf. And those who say this type of thing, then they are from the Mubtadi'ah, from the innovators, and from some of these groups of innovation. They say that I am Salafi in Aqeedah but I oppose Salafiya in my manhaj. They say I am Salafi in Aqeedah, but I oppose the Salafis in my manhaj. Manhaj in, in terms of my outlook towards certain things, how we deal with the situations of the ummah, how we deal with the rulers, etc, etc. This how we deal with innovators, various things. They say, no, I don't agree with all of those things. But Aqeedah, yes, all of the Aqeedah you talk about, I agree with that. The Shaykh says that type of position is the position of an innovator. He he is somebody who has misguided, he's misguided, he's wrong. He hasn't understood and there is no difference in the Aqeedah and the Manhaj. It is all one that came from the Prophet You can't say I take Aqeedah and I don't take Manhaj. It is all the one and the same, so it is not from the permissible acts for a Muslim to exit from that whatsoever. And then the Shaykh mentioned that this, what you've heard now, that it's not permissible to exit from that, all of it, Salafia includes every aspect of your religion. This is the statement of an alim, a Shaykh Taala. He has mentioned this now and he's clarified that and that is the correct position. That Salafiyyah, it is Aqeedah, it is your worship, it is your interaction, your dealings, rectification of society, the Ummah, all of that is within Salafiyyah. And what is the evidence that we can call ourselves Salafi or attribute ourselves to Salafiyyah? Firstly, the Shaykh reminds us again, there are several names, Ahlul Hadith, Ahlul Athar, Ahlul Sunnah, al Jama'ah, Attaifatul Mansurah, All of these are names for this Salafiyyah. And the reason why we attribute ourselves to that and the permissibility and need to do that, for example, as an evidence, it's mentioned in the Quran that whomsoever opposes breaks against the methodology of the Prophet And then the ayah goes on to mention the second part and follows a methodology or a pathway other than the pathway of the mu'mineen. And they are the sahaba, they are the virtuous early generations that Allah is telling us, whomsoever opposes the messenger. And if you oppose the messenger, what are you going to have with you? New religion, what is there for you to come with to oppose the messenger of Allah? And then on top of that, it mentions that you then, Oppose the messenger and follow a pathway other than the pathway of those mu'mineen, meaning the Sahaba, the Salaf, and all of those upon their methodology. If that's where you are upon, then you are misguided. So do not break off this chain that you have the Prophet you have the Sahaba, you have the righteous generations, the Salaf Salih, Then you have the a'immah that came after that. All of the great scholars, one after the next, teaching that same knowledge from that same source. Do not break off that chain and go elsewhere with your ideas. Then the Shaykh said there are three key points that we have to understand regarding Salafiyyah. The first is the point, the issue of sincerity in worship to Allah as a basic principle of salafiyyah, the sincerity of worship to Allah, and that it is a condition from the conditions of worship, all of your worship must be done in sincerity to Allah. If it is not, then that worship will be destroyed and lost and worthless. In the Hadith, it mentions that whomsoever commits shirk alongside me, that Allah mentions, whomsoever commits shirk alongside me, then I abandon him and the shirk that he does. Abandon that person, leave that person to his own devices, the one who commits shirk. And it's mentioned on Yawm Al-Qiyamah. Yawm Al-Qiyamah, that everybody who worships, Others besides Allah, that they will find those deities or those entities that they worship besides Allah before them. They will be told to go and follow them. Those entities that they worship, will they benefit you then? Then of course, all those others besides Allah, they will not benefit you on that day. That is the first principle, sincerity in worship to Allah. Second, the second principle is clinging on to the jama'ah as we spoke about before Ahl-Sunnah Wal-Jama'ah, united by the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi upon the Qur'an and the Sunnah and this methodology. So unity upon that, upon the Sunnah, upon obedience to Allah on that and thirdly to be warned from the, pe- the to be warned from innovation and the people of innovation. You are now from those first two principles upon sincerity and clinging to the Jama'ah upon the Sunnah. Yet after that, you still need to be aware to uh, stay away from and be warned from the people of innovation because they will attempt to misguide you away from that unity of sunnah that you are upon with Ahlul Sunnah that you are upon they will try to extract you from that and take you away from that so the third principle here is that everybody understands the need and importance of being aware of innovation and innovators to stay away from them and to be warned from them the sheikh says we're not declaring them kuffar, we're not saying the innovators are kufar. but what we are saying is that they are upon error, they are upon mistake, they do the birthday of the Prophet they go do all types of visitations to graves and types of things like that, they do all of these innovations and all of these wrongs, none of it from the religion, and as we know the hadith of the Prophet مَنْ أَحْدَثَ فِي أَمْرِنَا هَذَا مَا that whomsoever brings about, innovates, into our religion, something that is not from it, then it will be rejected. And that doesn't mean technology and developments. You have the mic, you have the bottles, you have these cups, all new worldly developments. That isn't bid'ah. That isn't what we talk about. That isn't worship. Bid'ah is when you are opposing something in the religion linked to worship, in worship because the narration says مَنْ أَحْدَثَ فِي أَمْرِنَا يَعْنِي فِي دِينِنَا Whomsoever innovates into our religion, that cup and that mic isn't religion, it's not Islam, so not the technology in these affairs, but in the religion in that worship, Whomsoever innovates in that, then that will be rejected from them, And these people who deviate, their deviation is of different levels. And some of them, their deviation may be at such a level that they are dragged by it into the hellfire. It's mentioned about the pond of the Prophet ﷺ on the Day of Judgment. And how the people, they will come and they will drink from that pond. And those who believed in the Prophet ﷺ and tread upon his methodology and they will drink from that. But then the angels they will come and they will block some people from coming and drinking from it they will block them and the prophet sallam will say my ummah my ummah but they are being blocked by the angels but then he will be told no rather these were the ones who innovated into the religion and so they are blocked from drinking from it and it's mentioned that this is from the first of the affairs that occurs, and so a person who is blocked from drinking from the pond of the Prophet ﷺ on that day, then you fear for that person and what his end result is going to be. And now the people, they make dua, uh, uh, that oh Allah, allow me to drink from the pond of the Prophet ﷺ on that day. The shaykh says it's not just about you having your wishes and your, your hopes. You have to act. You need to do something about it. It's not just saying that I intend to pray such and such. I'm going to get up and pray night prayer. And you do nothing, no alarm, no nothing. Just go to sleep. You're just going to wake up. You have to do something with that intention. You you make the intention, I'm going to go to Hajj. Just that intention by having it and sitting down. Is your intention somehow going to go take you to Hajj? You have to do something about it. Go take the necessary steps. Act upon that so this is what is needed a person he understands the aqeedah he understands the religion he acts upon it as for this innovation and the innovators then you refrain from them and abstain from them no, it? The, no, okay. uh, the sheikh said we'll just mention the principles of ahl sunnah we'll just kind of run through them because the time isn't going to allow to go into detail but we'll run through them and we'll mention some of the evidences for each one. And then after that, we'll do the questions before the prayer at 11 o'clock, inshaAllah.
1: The main thing of the Sunnah and the community is the faith in Allah. wa faith in Allah, the Lord, the Bible, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord, هذا الأصل يكاد يعرفه كل مسلم وفي حديث عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم وهو حديث أمير المؤمنين عمر رضي الله تعالى عنه وهو حديث طويل يقول أن جبريل عليه السلام جاء إلى النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم فسأله ما الإسلام فذكر له أركان الإسلام ما الإيمان فذكر له أركان الإيمان وهذه هي التي كملت أركان الإيمان، فهذه أول أصل الأصول السنة، الإيمان بالله، ملائكته، كتبه، ورسله، واليوم الآخر، وبالقدر الأخير، وشط، هذه أعظم الأصول، من أن ينتبه لهذه الأصول ويعرف أدلتها، من شرح هذا الحديث، يجدون مشروع الحديث هذا في كتب السنة كثير، فإذا علِم ذلك يعمل بهذا، و. إذا عمل بذلك وقف على أمر عظيم في الدين ويرجى له أن يترقى بعد ذلك لأن الإنسان يبدأ مسلم ثم يكون مؤمن ثم يكون محسن وهذه درجات هذه فالإسلام كثيرة هل الناس الغلي منهما أن يكون على مرحة الإيمان ثم قليل مرحة الإحسان ولذلك كل محسن مو Muslim, مسلم وليس العكس ليس كل مسلم مؤمن ولا محسن هم درجات درجة الأولى دائرة عظيمة هذه خل السلام ثم دائرة أقل هم الإيمان ثم so the sheikh said
0: the first principle from the principles of Salafiyyah now is iman or the six pillars of iman iman in allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the angels in the books in the prophets in the day of judgment and in the decree and these six pillars of iman practically every muslim is aware of them and knows them and there is the famous hadith of amir al-mu'mineen umar Radiallahu anhu the hadith of jibreel when jibreel came and asked the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam those questions Tell me about Islam, tell me about Iman, that lengthy hadith which mentions these points within it. So this is the greatest of the principles and every person needs to pay attention to knowing all of these principles carefully and properly with the explanations. And when you understand them, then you act upon what you've understood and what you've learned from these principles. And if you learn these from this opening principle, then already you've gained a good degree of that knowledge uh, and then also within the narration it mentions about the different levels that a Muslim is at the greatest, widest circle being the circle of Islam, the Muslim and then lesser than that, the higher level is the level of Mu'min and therefore you can say, many people of course are in that broader circle of Islam. But fewer people are going to be in that smaller circle of Iman. So every Mu'min is a Muslim, but not every Muslim has reached the level of being a Mu'min yet. So it is upon the person to learn and then to act upon this knowledge.
1: al من الأصول التي ينبغي المسلم أن يحرص على العلم بها وبحث فيها ودراستها حتى يقررها وهي أن الإيمان عند أهل السنة قول وعمل قول وعمل لأن من أهل البدع من يقول الإيمان قول ومنهم من يقول دون ذلك حتى ربما قالوا يكفي أن يقول في حياته مرة بس لا إله إلا الله ومشاهده خلاص يكفي هذا لا لابد قول وعمل فالقول لابد إدباه العمل القول هو أن يقول لا إله إلا الله محمد رسول الله هذا قول هذا قول باللسان ثم قول بالقلب وهو التصديق رضعان ثم عمل عمل بالقلب وهو عمل جوارح عمل القلب اعتقاد خوف من الله هذا عمل قلبي الرجاء كل اعمال القلوب التي خوف السر التوكل الانابه خشيه كل هذا اعمال قلبيه ثم عمل بالجنان وهي الاعضاء جسم الانسان هذا يتحرك الصلاه عمل حرك ياس ركوع سجود وهكذا ذكاء عمل وكل هذه تدخل اعمال وايضا ايمان بالقلب ولذلك الرسول عليه الصلاه والسلام قال الايمان بضع وستين في روايه بضع وسبعين شعبه اعلاها لا اله الا الله واذناها اماته الطريق والحياه من الايمان عليها ان تقول لا اله الا الله هذا قول وأدناها ايمات الطريق هذا عمل وبين ذلك الحياء وهو عمل قلبي اذا الايمان عند السنه ايمان قول وعمل ليس قول فقط ولا عمل فقط اذا لا بد من القول والعمل فيبدو ان تقول تشهد لا اله الا الله ثم ايش مكتوب شهاده لا اله الا الله بذلك فإذا آمنت وأدعنته تعمل بذلك والإيمان يزيد بماذا يزيد هذا الإيمان يزيد وينقص يزيد بالعمل الصالح وينقص بعده بالعمل فلا بد من الإنسان أن يراعي زيادة في العمل هذا. حتى يصل إلى مرتبة عالية وهذا يزيد بالطاعات لأن أعمال الطاعات كلها قربة إلى الله تعالى وينقص بالمعاصي ينقص الإيمان ربما يكون ضعيف جدا لا يوم المؤمن وهو سارق ويسرق لأن لا يكمل, يكمل إيمانه لا يكمل إيمانه وهو يزني كل هذه تنقص الإيمان فلا بد من مراعاة هذا الأصل والحرص على أن تزيد الإيمان بالطاعات وتحذر من تنقص الإيمان بالمعاصي. The
0: second principle then from these principles is regarding Iman, that Iman is statements and actions. Because there are some of the people of innovation who say that Iman is just statement To the extent some of them may even say As long as you just say the Shahada once, that's it, Iman done But the reality is, it is statements and actions Iman is statements and actions In terms of statements, then the statement of your tongue by pronouncing the shahada, La ilaha illallah, and as for the statement of the heart, it may be referred to sometimes as the statement of the heart, then that is your belief from your heart, then also we have the actions, and there are actions of the heart, and there are actions of the limbs, actions of the heart, your aqidah, Other actions of the heart like fear and hope and trust and dependence upon Allah. All of these are affairs that emanate from the heart. They are actions of the heart. Then there are actions of the limbs that come into it. For example, the prayer, physical action, the ruku'ah, the prostration, giving of the zakat. All of these are then physical actions that come into it. And there is a hadith that iman is 60 odd, and in one narration, 70 odd levels. The highest of those levels being the statement of la ilaha illallah, the lowest of those levels being that you remove some harm from the pathway, and in between comes the affair of shyness and other matters. So it is statement and action, you must act also. And iman increases and decreases, increases with the righteous actions. And so a person needs to strive upon those righteous actions that are going to increase his iman. And he needs to be aware and stay away from the evils and the sins that are going to decrease his iman. So sinning, stealing, fornication, whatever it may be, these are sins that decrease the iman of a person. So you must strive upon obedience and worship that increases your iman and be aware and warned from that which decreases it from sinning.
1: The third from sinning. إنما يكفرون من ثبت كفره وإثبات الكفر هذا من حق العلماء أن ينظرون لما حصل منه من الكبائر المكفورة فإذا ثبت قالوا هذا كاف ومن أسلم ثم كفر مرتضى يقتل إذا هذه قاعدة الصورة لا يكفرون الكبيرة لكن الخوارج كما ذكرنا أنيفا أنهم مجرد ما يفعل كبير قبل كاف يقتلونه في النار مثل أبي جهل. يقولوا كافر مثل أبي جهل. والمرجئه بخلاف ذلك يقول. من قال لا إله إلا الله فإيمانه مثل إيمان جبريل. بس مجرد ما يقول لا إله الله. فهذا غلو وهؤلاء أيضا يشتدوا في القلوب. واحد مسك شبال واحد جنوب. والمرجئه هؤلاء المرجئه المعتزلة يقولوا بين لا مؤمن ولا كافر. في الدنيا لا مؤمن ولا كافر. وإذا مات على كبيره قالوا مثل الخوارج كافر واذا تاب يقولوا هذا مو من اترك عن هذا المساله ايضا الدليل على السنه انهم لا يكفرون قول الله تعالى ان الله لا يغفر الشرك به ويغفر ما دون ذلك اذا ما دون ذلك ما هي الكبائر اعظم كبيره كم كانت اعظم الذنوب في القران ثلاثه في سوره الفرقان والذين لا يدعون مع الله الا اخر ولا يقتلون نفس التي حرم الله الا بالحق ولا يزنون هذه من اعظم الكبائر ذكرها الله تعالى في القرى ذكر لنا من اعظم الكبائر هذه ثلاثه اذا الكفر هذه اعظم الكفر ثم بعده ذكر ماذا القتل كبير الكبائر وهم يفعلون هذا خارج ثم دخل الزنا وكل هذا القاتل المسلم لا يكفر والمزاني ايضا مسلم لا يكفر وكل هذا
0: The third principle from the principles of Salafiyyah is that we do not declare people to be kuffar for sins that they may have committed from the major sins that is only going to be established if it is established upon the evidences and the establishment of it upon them but that is again something for the scholars to do for the scholars to uh, establish that evidence and for it to become known upon a person and clarified to declare kufr upon a person but as for the khawarij and their likes they do it anyway and they oppose the principle of ahl sunnah so they declare a person who commits the major sin to be a kafir to the level of abu jahl and then you have the other end of the extreme the murjiah who they say, as long as you are upon your testimony of faith, then your Iman is like the Iman of Jibril, regardless of what you do. The other extreme. And as for the Mu'tazila, then they say a person who commits these major sins is in limbo in this world. Neither believer, neither disbeliever. If he dies upon that without repentance, then in the hellfire forever, same as the Khawarij. And if he repents, then he repents and uh, uh, may be in paradise. And then the evidence which refutes them, as we mentioned before, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not forgive that you commit shirk alongside Him, but He forgives all else to whom He wills. So all of those sins can be forgiven, and we do not declare a person a kafir in the hellfire forever. The greatest of the sins mentioned in the Quran are shirk alongside Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They are murdering, killing another person without right, and they are fornication. But a person who commits these sins, we don't declare that person kafir, mukhalad, or uh, uh, completely forever in the hellfire, Uh, a, a, a person who repents from those sins, then he is given that repentance and we don't declare that person in the hellfire forever
1: al asl al rabe' min usul al sunnah wa jama'a ta'at wali al amr wa ta'a bil ma'ruf la ta'at li makhluk fi ma'siyat al khaliq wali al amr huwa alladhi walla Allah ta'ala amruhu 'ala al mu'minin fa idha tawalla amr al mu'minin fa inna hadha yumqatta' lahu وعدم الخروج عليه، وإن ظلم وإن فعل ما فعل، لأن الله أمرنا بذلك. قال الله تعالى: وأطيعوا الله وأطيعوا الرسول وأولي الأمر منكم. ولذلك طاع هنا طاعت وللأمر، إنما هي من طاعة الله وطاعة رسوله. وذلك لم يقل وأطيع الله وأطيع الرسول وأطيع وللأمر لا، ما قال وأولي الأمر أعطفها على الطاعة الأولى والطاعة الثانية. طاعة الله وطاعة الرسول فطاعة أولي الأمر من طاعة الله ومن طاعةك يعني إذا التزم بطاعة الله وطاعة رسولك أيضا نحن نطيع فيما ورد في في القرآن والسنة ولا طاعة له إذا نقضى ولا يجوز الخروج عليه والصبر إذا بغى وفعل وفعل لا يجوز الخروج عليه وأولي الأمر هم ولاة الأمر الذي يحكمون وولاة الأمر هم العلماء أيضا الذين يبينون الشرع للحاكم فيحكم به وإذا زل أقاموه ولذلك من أهل الحل والعبد العلماء الدليل الذي يذكرنا الآية وأيضا ما جاء عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم وصيكم بتقوى الله والسمع والطعام ولو تولى عليكم عبد حبشي عبد حبشي في بعض الوقت على رأسك الزبيبة
0: the fourth principle is obedience to those whom Allah has put in authority over the Muslims, the rulers, and to obey them in that which is righteousness. There is no obedience to them in disobedience to Allah. So obedience to the rulers in that righteousness. And Allah mentioned in the Quran the meaning of which is Obey Allah and obey the messenger and obey those in authority over you. And so notice the obedience to those in authority over you is attached On to the obedience to Allah and the Messenger. Meaning your obedience to the rulers is within your obedience to Allah and the Messenger. You are being obedient to Allah and the Messenger by being obedient to the rulers. But of course as we said, in that which is righteousness, if they go against what is correct, then there is no obedience to them in disobedience to Allah. But otherwise... Besides that, there is no uh, permissibility to rebel against them, to go out against them uh, uh, in rebellion, in revolt. Rather, we obey, we listen, and we hear. And as well as the rulers being those in authority over you, the scholars, the people of knowledge, are also considered from those in authority over you that you take that authority upon you and you listen uh, because they are the ones who advise the rulers they are the ones with knowledge who will uh, advise and make upright the rulers they are from the people of understanding and knowledge that the affairs return back to and so the evidence is the ayah that was mentioned and also the hadith of the Prophet where he mentioned that I advise you to have taqwa of Allah and to hear and obey uh, those in authority over you, or to hear and obey even if the one who is given authority over you is an Abyssinian slave, to hear and to obey. The fifth thing is, and what is
1: the essence al Sunnah and the Jemaah, is the peace of the believers of the Sahaba. بد أن يكون قلبك وصدرك سالم من الصحابة بمعنى تحب الصحابة إذا ذكروا تترضى عنهم لا تكفرهم لا تسبهم لا تأتي بشيء يقلل من قيمتهم لماذا؟ لأن الصحابة هؤلاء خير الناس الذين يختارهم الله تعالى لرسول الله يكونوا صحابته ودائما الرجل مع أصحابه فالطيب مع الطيبين فلا تأتي تثني على رسول الله وتزوم صحابته وتكفرهم وتلعنهم كيف هذا كأن تكون صحابة الرسول لا يجسد ثقات وهم اللي نقلوا إلى الدين فكيف يعني نطعن ونكفر من نقل إلى الدين هذا أمر لا يقبل العقل فضل عن نقل ولذلك جاءت الآيات في هذا بتعظيم تعظيم الصحابة وإجلاله وتوقيرهم يقول الله تعالى والذين جاءوا من بعدهم يقولون ربنا اغفر لنا ولإخوانا الذين سبقونا بالإيمان ولا تجعل في قلوبنا غلا حسدا وبغضا والغل هذا شد انواع الحسد والبغض الذي لا ينبغي لكم ولا تجعل في قلوبنا غلا قل الذين آمنوا ربنا انك رب أو اول من آمن بالرسول وصحبه ثم الرسول عليه الصلاه والسلام يقول لا تسبوا اصحابي انهانا هذا وبين قال لا تسبوا لان اللي حصل الان في الكورونا هذه بعد في لما ظهرت الرافضه أن يسبون الصحابه لا تسبوا اصحابي هكذا يقول عليه الصلاه والسلام فهو الذي نفسي بيده لو انفق احدكم مثل احد ذهب مثل واحد ما بلغ مد ولا نصف مد من الصحابة لو أنفق أصحاب أعمالهم عظيمة ودرجاتهم عالية وذكر الله رضي الله عنهم ومشون على الأرض فأحذر يا عبد الله أن تحذى أو تصب أصحابا يكون في قلبك إلهم بل ترضى عنهم كل ما ذكروا ترضى عنهم وهذا هو الجميل الذي ينبغي أن يكون من المسلم لمن سبقه في هذا الدين
0: the fifth principle that is mentioned is regarding our stance towards the companions, and that is that we have pure hearts towards the companions, that we love the companions of the Prophet, and that when we hear one of their names being mentioned. We say, رضي الله عنه, we make that dua when we hear their names, may Allah be pleased with them. And we do not say anything or do anything that belittles the companions or degrades them in any way. They were the ones selected to be in the companionship of the Prophet, Sallallahu الله عليه وسلم. And the good ones, they are, Associated along with the good, the Prophet, ﷺ, the best of mankind, the final messenger, then these companions were the best of the people of the Ummah chosen to be with him. So you cannot praise the Prophet, ﷺ, but then at the same time you want to dispraise his companions. That is not something which the mind can accept, that is not something which is correct. Uh, for a person to do. And then the ayah in the Qur'an, from amongst the examples of the praise that Allah has mentioned regarding the companions, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned, the meaning of which is, that those who then came after them, they say, Our Lord, uh, forgive for us and for our brothers who preceded us in iman, and do not place into our hearts any any hatred towards those who believed so that is in reference to the companions that is in reference to the sahaba they were the first of the people to believe in the prophet sallallahu alayhi similarly in a hadith the prophet said do not curse or abuse my companions because when the rafida appeared they began abusing and belittling the companions of the prophet ﷺ. so he said do not curse or abuse my companions and so recollect and remember that the companions their actions are great and their levels were uh, raised so when you hear their names then you make dua for them you say radiyallahu and this is the least we can do to those who preceded us in that iman and transmitted the religion to us the
1: narrations etc and also the 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 first the wives <laughs> of the الآن هي زوجات النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم عائشة وصفية من هؤلاء وصيكم وصيب عائشة العنون قبح الله الرأس ومن سار على دربه فأول آل بيت الرسول هم زوجاته وبناته وعمامه وعماته هؤلاء هم آل بيت الرسول صلى الله فهؤلاء ينبغي محبتهم وتوليهم والرضا عنهم والدعاء لهم واذا ذكروا ترضى عنهم وهكذا والاخيار منهم والمسلمون اما من كان عم الرسول ثم كبر كابي طالب هذا ليس له درجه ولا محبة بل هو في النار خالد فيها ومن كان شقيق الرسول سيقول يا عباس يا ابن عبد المطلب يا عم رسول الله والله لا ألأ عنك شي يا صفية يا عمات رسول الله والله لا ألأ عنك شي اطلبيني ما شيته من الدنيا يا فاطمة يا ابن رسول الله اطلبيني ما شيته من الدنيا لا ألأ عنك شيء. وأعمام و اعمالم رسول الله الذين أسلموا وبنات الرسول أيضًا وأزواج الرسول هؤلاء هم الخيار ويبغل interpretationger yüz قيمك عليهم وأيضا defeلوا حبهم أَنُوَالِيمَ خِلَافًا لِهَؤُلَاءَ الَّذِينَ يُطْعَانُونَ فِيهِمْ فِي أُمُورِ
0: عَظِيمَةٍ خَطِيرَةٍ لَمْ يَغْنُوا عَنْهَا. The sixth principle is regarding the family of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Also, our love and recognition of the status of the family of the Prophet, and the first of those to enter into that are the wives of the Prophet, and then, of course, the the daughters, the children, the uncles, the family of the Prophet. So, those who are upon righteousness from them. Because, of course, there were some from his uncles, etc., who did not accept Islam. Abu Talib, for example, in the hellfire forever. That is not meant here. But those chosen or those who were upon Islam from the family of the Prophet wasallam. <laughs> then we love them. We make du'a for them. We say, رضي الله عنهم, and their names are mentioned. And that is the love and the status we give them in opposition to the people of innovation who again abuse them and speak evil of them and uh, fabricate stories against them in their hatred for them
1: al asr al-sab' al-iman bi karamat al-awliya man hum al-awliya qala allah ta'ala ala inna awliya Allah, la khawfun alayhim la hum mahzanun man قال الذين امنوا وكانوا يتقون إيمان وتقوى هذا وليد كل من امن بالله واتقى الله هذا ولي فكرامه الاولياء لا نؤمن بها ونقر بها خلافا للمرجيا وهؤلاء ينكرون الولاده الكرامه الاولياء يقول ما فيه هذا الشيء فكرامه الاولياء حق تكون على يد المؤمن التقي وثبت الفقراء والسنة بل ثبتت في قصص من من كانوا بعد النبي عليه الصلاة والسلام من أولياء الولايات الكرامات ظهرت أكثر في زمن التابعين ليس الصحابة الصحابة قليل العلا بن حضرمي لما أراد أن يعني يقاتل في هجر وفي البحرين وناطق هذه فيريد أن يمر بالبحر ما عنده شيء سفن فدع الله تعالى أن يجعله يمشى فمشى بجيشه على البحر يمشوه كذا بقيوله فنصر الله تعالى هذه الكرامات يا صحابة ثم جاءت أكثر في زمن التابعين صلة ابن أشيم هذا من التابعين لأن الصحابة قلت الكرامات ب... لماذا عندهم لأنهم أصحاب الرسول وكان الدين عندهم أقوى ما يحتوي أن كرامات عندهم ومع ذلك ظهرت لهم كرامات ولايام بعد بدا يعني عنده شيء من لكنه ايضا غير مفضله سلب بن اشم بعد ان جاهد باسم الله اراد ان يخرج لا يرجع الى اهله فركب حصانه فاذا بالحصان يقع ميت في الطريق فقال اللهم لا تحوج لي احد فقام الحصان دعا الله لا تحوج لي احد يريد أن اسلابته فركب حصانه وسار به الحصان إلى أن وصل داري جاء ابنه يرسل قال دعوه فإنه أمانة عارية صقت الحساب مجد هذه ولي أيضا أحد من التابعين كان يصلي في الجهاد يصلي بالليل ويجاهد النهار فمرة هو يصلي خرج عليه أسد وهو يصلي and he went out there of
0: he
1: said Allah so and the Holy Spirit the مهجل عندنا في حضرموت ضاعت ضعت ابنته فقال ذهبوا لي لذلاني كرامة يعلم بوضعه وين فجاء لي يا ولي الله كرامتك بديتي ضعت ويمكي آه هيا هون عليك نظر هنا نظر هنا أبشر قال له يا حاج ما ماتت كيف عرفت؟ قال نظرت في أهل الجنة فلمرة ونظرت في أهل النار فلمرة إذا هي ما زالت تعيش، طمن حبد الله موجودا قال له وينه قال لحظة لحظة فنظر قال قال لها في محل فلاني كيف قال لها رضرت في اللوح المحفوظ ورأيتها؟ شوف الدجل أين قال موضوع فلاني يا فلان خذه إذا ما فلان يلعبونها هناك وفعلا راحوا لأبوها من قال له هذا؟ لا من قال له؟ الجن لأن هذا غيب مقيم. غيب غير مطلق الغير مطلق لله تعالى أما الغيب النسوي فيه أولاد يلعبون برا لأننا نحن ما عرفه. لكن الجني ممكن يقول لي أنا في أولاد كذا كذا أقول لك والله في أولاد يعبدون كذا كذا ثم توم هذا غيب غير مطلق المطلق لله تعالى هذا غير نسبي عندي غيب لكن و وغير اللي برا ما هو غيب عنده يعلموا أنا ما علموا فيدعو الكرامات وهم أشد الناس جهلا بدين الله تعالى وعندهم الشك من الله تعالى فلا تصدقوا هؤلاء الكرامات الدجال أولاد هذا أصل من رسول السنن تصدق بكرامات الأولاد لله تعالى ومقتله ربما يكون فيه Zeman um,
0: the seventh principle then is regarding the miracles of the awliya of Allah, those righteous, pious individuals. Sometimes you see it mentioned as the friends of Allah, the awliya of Allah, the miracles that they are given. In the Quran it mentions the meaning of which is that the awliya of Allah, then there is no fear upon them and they do not have anything to grieve for. And they are the ones who have iman and do the righteous actions. They are the awliya. They, do, they have the Iman and they do the righteous actions. So we believe and we acknowledge and we accept that there are these miracles that can occur for the awliya of Allah. And they are mentioned in the Quran and the Sunnah and they are mentioned in stories established after the death of the Prophet wasallam that they occurred. They occurred at the time of the Sahaba. But they occurred even more after the time of the Sahaba, in the time of the Tabi'een. Because in the time of the Sahaba, the religion was stronger and there was less need for miracles and these signs to occur. Then as the generations go by, it becomes slightly weaker. And so there was more of a need for these miracles to occur as signs. So it occurred more in the time of the Tabi'een. There's an example of uh, it occurring where Al-Ala ibn al-Hadrami, when he wanted to go to a battle and he needed to cross over a sea, had no means to do so. And so he made dua and this miracle occurred that he and his army walked across the water. That this miracle occurred, he walked across the water. Then there is also the example of uh, Sula ibn Ash'am. Sula ibn Ash'am. That he... Was riding his horse. And as he was riding his horse on the journey it died. So then he made dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That he should not be in need of the people etc. The horse after this dua arose. After it had died it arose once again. And he was able to ride that horse back to his people. An example of a miracle occurring. For the awliya of Allah. Another example where. Uh, an individual was praying uh, and whilst he was praying a lion appeared a lion appeared when he was praying and so after the prayer he said to the lion calling out to the lion if you're gonna eat me then eat me Mm. Mm. He said to the lion, look, if you're going to eat me, then eat me. If not, then go. And the lion walked off and went. If Allah has commanded you to eat me, then eat me. If not, then go. And so the lion, it it, it dispersed, it went. So another miracle, a lion comes up to you, you're going to do that and it's going to occur. So this was another miracle that occurred there. Nowadays the shaykh said, be careful though many people, they claim miracles They'll say such and such, he has miracles, he knows the unseen, has knowledge of the unseen. And the Sheikh mentioned a story about an individual, his daughter uh, was lost, missing person. So he came to this so-called wali, and this wali, when he, he was told about the daughter that's missing, he looked to his right, he looked to his left, and he said, don't worry, she's not dead, she's alive. How does he know that? He said because I looked into paradise, didn't see her there. Looked into the hellfire, she wasn't there, so she's not dead yet. She's neither in either of the she's not in either of the places, so she must still be here. So he says she's not dead. Never saw her there in paradise or in hellfire, so she's alive somewhere. Then he says that she's in such and such a place. How do I know that? He says I saw it written in the preserved tablet where all the decrees written That she is in such and such a place. And of course that is not the truth of what he is saying. She was there, but this is from the jinn informing him. And this is known as the relative unseen. There is something which is unseen absolutely from the knowledge of the unseen that we don't have. Then there is an unseen which is relative to you. Behind that wall right now is the unseen to us. But for the sisters, it's not. So there's something which is unseen relative to you. This is one of those examples, she's missing somewhere. It's unseen relative to us. Other people may know her, she, they're looking at her. The jinn know where she is, they can see her. So they came and informed them of that. This is not examples of the miracles of the awliya. Don't believe these liars who claim to be upon miracles. These miracles are only for the people of righteousness and taqwa, the awliya of Allah. الأصل
1: الثامن أن أهل السنة من أصولهم اتباع كتاب الله وسنة رسوله عليه السلام والسلف الصالح هذه أهل السنة أي موضع في حياتنا عقيدتنا في معاملاتنا في ديننا ناخذها من كتاب الله وسنته ومن أيضا سيرة السلف الصالح والصحابة وأيضا كلفاء الراشدون أي حياتنا هذه ما نستدعي فيه استدلال أو ما نستدعي فيه من عقيدتنا وأعمالنا وكل هذه نرجع إلى ما كان على الرسول والصحابة والخلفاء الرسول وهذا هو الأصل الرسول أسرول عليكم بسنتي وسنة الخلفاء الراشدين من بعدي عضوا عليها بالنواجد وإياكم ومحدثات الأمور. فان كل محدثة بدعه وكل بدعه ضلال وكل باطره ضلال لا تاتي بشيء لم يكن لك سلف فيه من سلفك رسول الله الصحابه الخلفاء الراشدون ومن جاء بعدهم على طريقهم بالدليل ليس من عندك بالدليل كلها و اثار موجوده فخذ بهذا الدليل والله تعاله وانت لازم تشهدوا لله والرسول و الامر منكم من نقول الامر اقول لاديره العلماء واول العلماء الصحابه يقولون فضلاً من بعدين. لأن هذا الذي ينبغي أن يكون مرجعنا في حياتنا، وبمثل ما قال الشيخ ربيب، ما تكلمنا فيه في كل مسائل الدين، في العقيدة، في المنهج، في السلوح، في الصلاة، في المعاملات، كل ذلك. هذه الأصول العظيمة وهي قليلة من كثير، وترجعون إلى كتب أهل السنة. الذين أصول أهل السنة، وذكرنا بالبارحة في, في آخر محاضرة لنا في. مسجد في المكتب السلفي مكتبة السلفية في طبرقان، فلقدنا ما يقارب ثلاثين أو أربعين كتاب من كتب السنه تورد الأصول أصول السنة وهي جمع لأدلتها ينبغي كل مسلم، كل سني، كل سلفي يدرس هذه الأصول مثل ما رصنا الآن ثمانية لأن الوقت لا يسعنا أن ندرس هذه كلها، فيدرس هذه ويتعلمها ثم يعمل بها. يكون في سنيتي في نقول هذا أنت إذا كان هذاك أنت من عوام فبهذا إن شاء الله نكون من هذه معكم The
0: eighth principle mentioned is regarding our sources of knowledge that they are the Quran and the Sunnah and the salaf that we return back to these affairs we return back to the biographies of the salaf as well looking into their understanding of the affairs quran sunnah and salaf they are our sources and this is a very important principle mentioned in the advice of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam where he mentioned alaykum bi sunnati wa sunnati al min Upon you is to cling on to my sunnah and the sunnah of the rightly guided caliphs after me. This indicating the importance of those sources of knowledge and clinging on to them. So do not come with anything new from yourself. Don't bring anything else that is not from those sources. Rather your religion, whatever you do is from those sources with that knowledge and evidence. Take it with the evidences. As Allah mentions in the Qur'an, that if you dispute or differ over something, then return it back to uh, Allah and His Messenger, return it back to that source, these sources. So they are the sources of our religion and knowledge. And as Sheikh Rabia mentioned earlier in the speech that we read, that this Salafiyya, these sources, they encompass all of your lives, all of your affairs, your aqeedah, your worship, your interaction, dealings, business, trade everything is encompassed by it. So these are some great principles that are mentioned so far, there are only a few from amongst many that actually exist but because time is limited we'll have to suffice with them but you should return back to the books of the scholars uh, in understanding those principles in more detail. And yesterday, the Shaykh mentioned, or he mentioned that yesterday in the lecture in Birmingham at Salafi Publications. At the end of the lecture, he mentioned a list of 30 or so books uh, from the scholars talking about Aqidah, explaining it, and that you should learn those and study those. Every Salafi should have knowledge of that. Every Sunni should learn those affairs and then act upon them. But as for a person who maybe learns them but doesn't act upon them then that individual is a commoner you may be salafi but you're a commoner then you're not gaining that knowledge and acting upon it so that is what the sheikh said we'll conclude this lecture uh due to the time restriction and we'll see if we can do some of the questions now before rounding
1: off نطوي في ضلاله نعم نعم هم من دعاة الخروج على الحكام يحرضون الناس بوسائل الاعلام جرايد دعات وسائل الاعلام هذه يحرضون الناس على الخروج ويا بعد تحريضهم مظاهرات
0: the question says "Are al al-muslimin the muslim brotherhood as they say in english then is that sect to be considered from the misguided sects then the sheikh said yes they are from the misguided sects they are from those who call to rebellion and revolt against the rulers And they use the media platforms, the various media platforms, television, radio, whatever it might be, the networking these days, in order to incite the people, in order to incite the people against the rulers, and then they'll go and do from that stage to the next stage of gathering and doing demonstrations until it becomes revolt and rebellion. So yes, they are from the misguided groups also from their affairs is that they call to the unity of religion judaism christianity all of us brothers they call to this unity of religion to this cocktail mixture
1: and that is of course again a great mistake of theirs hadi sual allu sual arabia أتون هكذا أصلًا ضمن الأخ، لا شك أن تعلم اللغة العربية شيء مهم جدًا لغة القرآن، لغة النبي محمد عليه الأصوصلاة، لغة السنة، أحاديث لغة هالجنة، فينبغي كل مسلم يتعلم اللغة العربية، وليس هذا تعصب العرب لا، العرب هم العرب هم جزء من المسلمين، الآن أكثر أهل الإسلام ليسوا العرب، أنتم تعرفون هذا، والحمد لله. أنت مسلم ينبغي تعلم اللغة العربية تعلم القرآن تعلم السنة و... يعني ينبغي تعلمها بأصول اللغة العربية تعود إلى العلماء المشاه يتعلمون كلغة العربية في مطبها في فهمها في معانيها وتعاشر إخوانك من اللي يتكلمون العربية وأهم شيء أن كذا تتكلم اللغة العربية أن تتكلم في بيتك مع أولادك بالعربية نحن نرى من إذا مشينا ولا نعرف ما يقولون يا العربي طيب طيب The question said.
0: We have some brothers who are treading the path of learning the arabic language so do you have any advice for them the sheikh said the phrasing of the question does it mean that they are treading the path of seeking arabic and that's a problem and a mistake so we need to advise them about it tell them stop doing it or something the sheikh was just joking with the phrasing of the question but uh, of course the question meaning that they are Uh, learning Arabic, so is there any advice for them in learning Arabic? The shaykh said, yes, it is very important, very important to learn Arabic, it is the language of the Qur'an, the language of the Sunnah, the language of the Prophet ﷺ, the language of the people of paradise, and we don't say that, meaning learn it and encourage people to learn it, because of any type of uh, association to being Arab, or to the Arabs that's not the point R- right now the majority of the Muslims in the world are not Arab that isn't the point but you are Muslim and therefore it is needed for you to learn the Arabic language upon its principles in speaking in pronunciation etc and that you practice it with those brothers who know how to speak it in your home you should also be practicing and speaking in Arabic with your wife with your with your children uh, and if if your wife for example doesn't know a word then okay tell her you can say that word in english where you get stuck but the rest of it practice in arabic Sheikh says sometimes there are brothers who walk with us and they uh, they're speaking in their english and we don't understand what they're saying and when we tell them speak in arabic they say okay okay and they start speaking in arabic lasts a few minutes and then they're back to their english again so it's a mistake you should strive and practice and learning and practicing that arabic it's needed
1: لقد هذه ان اكون مسلما اكون مسلما
0: اكون مسلما اكون مسلما اكون مسلما اكون مسلما اكون مسلما Is it permissible to say Assalamu Alaikum to a person of Bid'ah? Assalamu
1: Alaikum. bidah. a Sunni, you are a Sunni. You are a Sunni, you You a Sunni, you are a ثم نحن ما نكفر اصحاب
0: we are commanded to give da'wah to the people to call them to the sunnah. And is it possible that you could call somebody to the sunnah without uh, purposely foregoing the salam upon them, purposely not giving them salam, and then you think you're going to be able to give them da'wah and call them to the sunnah? That's not going to work. So you give salam to them and then you give and then you call them to the sunnah, call them to the, the truth. Uh, because we don't declare innovators as kufar that we're not going to give salam upon them. It is not kuffar that we are declaring upon them. That we said is the khawarij. The kafir is a kafir. He, if he initiates the greeting upon you, then you reply. But the, the mubtadi' then we're not declaring them kufar. So it's not like that. Give the salam and then uh, invite them and call them. حتى الكافر
1: إذا أردت أن لدين Hi, good night, good morning. Come to our Islam.
0: Even the kufar, the sheikh said you have to show good manners in your greeting with them. Even the kufar, you're not gonna greet them in some aggressive way no proper greeting and then think you're going to give them da'wah so even the kufar if they're going to give them da'wah it would be with some leniency and or not leniency with uh, some gentleness in your greeting with them what do you advise those who seek knowledge but do not taste the fruits of the knowledge gained i.e., acting upon it due to always going back to sinning. نصيحتكم لمن to يعمل به دائما يرجع إلى إلى do not do على نفسه.
1: to this. فيبقى إذا كان تعلم الدين الله تعالى تقوم بذلك الدين وإلا ستسأل لأن الدين ليس عقيدة فقط وليس علم فقط أنت لا لما تعلم أن الصلاة واجبة عليك في اليوم خمس مرات لابد أن تصلي إذا كان علم ولم تصلي يوم القيامة أنت ما صلت الفرض الفلاني فتعلم هذا المؤمن لما لم اصلي تساعد ولا لا فالإنسان ينبغي ان يتعلم عائشه من المؤمنين رضي الله تعالى عنها كان ياتي احد الصحابه اليها تقول يا ام المؤمنين المساله الفلانيه ماذا قال في رسول يا بني قاله رسول الله كذا وكذا 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 فتوى شرعيه ثم بعد ايام يا ام المؤمنين السؤال ماذا يفعل مؤمن في مثل فلانية كذا كذا قالت الله كذا 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 فجاب عدة أسئلة فقالت له أحد مرات لما جاء يا بني أكل ما سألت عن شيء وأعلمتك عن رسول الله فيه عملت في به قالت لا قال أنظر لا قالت يا بني ما تستكرع أن حجج إذا سألتني عن أمر وأخبرتك به أعبد الله به نفذه وسأل بعد الأمر
0: الثاني the question question about the one who (laughs) seeks knowledge but doesn't benefit from it is going back to sinning the sheikh said if you seek knowledge and you have that knowledge now then the evidence is established upon you and so a person doesn't want to increase that burden of evidence being established upon himself meaning that you want to reduce that burden of evidence being established upon yourself by acting upon what you've learnt. By not acting upon what you've learnt, then you're causing a problem to yourself. Whomsoever does not act upon what he has learnt, then the, the evidence has been established upon him. He knows it, but he's not doing it. And you're gonna be asked about that on the Day of Judgment, that why did you not act upon what you knew. The religion isn't just knowing aqeedah and having knowledge of affairs Rather, it's action. You know that the prayers are obligatory, then you need to go and pray. So a person, it's befitting, he learns and gains knowledge. And then of course, acts upon it. There's an example that a companion used to come to Aisha, radiallahu anha, and he used to ask about the affairs, about this affair, that affair. And then she used to give him the answer. Uh, she used to give him the fatwa, the Islamic answer on that then again later on he would come back with another question, and she would answer him on that, then he'd come back with another question, and this happened a few times, he kept coming back with questions, she kept answering, and then one time she eventually said to him, all of these things that you come and ask, and these answers, you go and act upon them, you do them, because then she mentioned to him, rather than you coming and asking all these questions, it's upon you to ask and act upon that, practice it, implement it, then come and ask about the other affairs. So it requires that implementation. Otherwise,
1: it's an evidence against you. the <laughs> والكلام الطيب والأدلة الشرعيه قليل <تصفيق> تقول له يا أبي هنا في منهج سلفي السنه السنة والجماعة طايفة المنصورة طايفة من النار وأما تحب أن نكون أنا وأنت وجماعتنا إحنا ندخل الجنة أول شيء عندما تكون القيامة على طول ندخل ولا تحب تتأخر أنت تتعذب بكذا يقول والله تقول الجنة أول مرة أول الناس الصالحين، إذن أخبر الرسول عصر الصلاة أن السلفيون الطائفة المنصورة، جماعة السنن الجماعة هؤلاء هم يدخلون الجنة أولاً، وثيم سبعين فرقة هذا هؤلاء يكونوا تحت المشويعية، ربما منهم من يدخل النام أبداً ذكر عليه قضية كفرية، ومنهم من يتأخر حتى يحاسب ربما يعده في النار، وتقول هؤلاء منهم مبتدعين اللي, اللي بتدعون في دين الله. لا يعملون في العبادات والمعاملات والعقيدة مثل ما كان رسول الصحابة الذي يعمل في الدين في العبادات في العقيدة في المعامل مثل ما كان رسول الصحابة هذا يدخل مع أولا الجنة أحب هذا فأبدأ واحد واحد يعلمه فلا تمكن تقول لي يا ابني أن... يا بأنتي وابتدع أن تدخل النار آخر نار الجنة آخر ناس لا لا على كلام كان طيب تحب قال يقول أنا أحب والله كل واحد يحب. قلت إيش الطريق الطريق أن تكون من السنة والجمال. يمكن كلمة سلفية شوية وتروك ال بعدين هذه وخليك بعد سنة والجمال. لأن السلفية هذه الكلمة أساء كثير من هؤلاء الدعاء الأباطل إليها. فالربما بعد السلفيين يدع سلفية ويفعل من المصايف من الله بيعليم يقول هذا سلفي فلان سلفي. فيمكن على سيفه هذا إسبريم السلفية هذا اللي تتم بسلفية وثم يفعل من البدع أيضاً فهذه الدعوة تحتاج إلى أليم إلى رفق إلى. العربي الذي جاء إلى مسجد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم العرابي في ذات الإسلام صحابه رضي الله عنه فباله في المسجد قام الصحابه يعني نهصوه طاحوا عليه لا تفعل هذا ما يجوز قال رسول الله دعوه لا تزرموه يعني خلوه يبول خلوه يكمل بوله مشان لا يتضرر دعوه حديث عاج الإسلام دعوه لما بالي قال أتريد نوب من ما صبه قال تيلي جاسم ثم قال يا هذا لما قلت في مسجدنا قال والله ما ريت مسجدكم إلا كصعدات ماشي فرق لأن حص... مسجد الرسول حصى ما كان فيه فقال يا هذا إنما المساجد بالصلاة والقرآن والذكر والعبادة ففرح كلام الرسول بن عبد اللهم اغفر لي ومحمد ولا تغفر ما نعده رسول لقد حجيتنا واسع ما شاء الله واسع بسكت فكلم لين يقول عندنا تكسر العظم فقلت وفقنا الله وإياكم في ما فرج هذا واجعلنا وإياكم من عباد الصالحين صلى الله عليه اجعل لنا لقاءات اخرى معكم واعظم لقاء نتمناه في الجنه باذن الله تعالى ان شاء من اهل الجنه يعني مع الصديقين والشهداء والصالحين ومع الانبياء في
0: So the last question was regarding the parents who are not Salafi, then how can I give them da'wah or yeah? how can I give them da'wah? My parents are not Salafi, how can I give them da'wah? So the Shaykh said, no doubt you have to give them da'wah. That's something you have to do. The first of the people that you're going to give da'wah to, are your parents, your wife, your family. These are the first of the people for the da'wah. So you come to them with softness, gentleness and softness, and use the the mannerisms that will they'll pull them in. Say to your parents, for example, when you're explaining this to them, and the Salafi manhaj to them, say for example, that, would you not love, my parents, would you not love, that we be the first of the people to enter paradise on that day, and that we do not be from those who are held back or punished, that we be from the first of the people who enter paradise? And of course they will say yes. <coughs> then tell them, in that case, my parents, they are at-ta'ifatul mansurah they are Sunnah wal jama'ah they are the ones who enter into that paradise first, uh, and as for the others, then they may be left behind, they may be under the, the uh, threat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the other sects from the 73, that they may be punished, maybe they enter hellfire first, but this one saved sect, then that is the way, Ahl-Sunnah. And the other groups, you can explain to them that they have certain issues with them, which is innovation, it is deviance, and that may lead to them being in punishment. So slowly, slowly you try to explain the virtues and the goods of Ahl-Sunnah wal Jama'ah to them. Don't be harsh to them and say, but you, you're upon this way and my father, you do this and you do that. Yes, you know that he has these shortcomings. The point isn't for you to sit there and say you're a Mubtadi' to your parents. Or that you're wrong in this, you're wrong in that. Rather you explain to them carefully, slowly, bit by bit about Ahlul sunnah And you don't have to use the word Salafi. Because many people, they've misrepresented the word Salafi. And so maybe your parents and commoners, when they hear that, they think of the misrepresentations. And that may have a negative impact for some of them at the initial stages. So use words like Ahlul sunnah wal-Jama'ah, that me... My parents, you tell them, me, I am upon the way of Ahlul sunnah wal-Jama'ah. The Atta'ifatul Mansura. Use these terms and explain to them with gentleness and kindness. And there's the example of the Bedouin who came to the masjid of the Prophet on one occasion and in the corner went and urinated. And so when the companions saw him urinating, they obviously, they, they wanted to go and, and stop him and... and, and prevent him from doing that and shout at him but the Prophet ﷺ said no leave him allow him to finish because the harm would be greater to stop him in the middle and cause even more impurity etc so he was allowed to finish and then afterwards when the Prophet ﷺ spoke to him the man he said I didn't know new to Islam etc the mosque of the Prophet ﷺ in those days when it was first built he was just the normal ground earth pebbles just like the outside of the mosque was the inside of the mosque, not like here now you walk in carpet lush. In those days, what's outside was inside, the same floor, the same everything. So he said, "I didn't know. Just walked in here, went to the corner, urinated." So then the Prophet explained to him gently, kindly, firstly telling not the com- telling the companions not to go and shout and grab him by force or anything. Carefully, gently explained to him about the mosque and about. Uh, the rights of Allah in the mosque and that it is a place of worship, etc. And then,
1: <laughs>
0: so when the Prophet then explained this to him, the mosques offer the worship of Allah, etc., gently, kindly, and the man he understood and he accepted all of that and he became very happy with that. And he said, "I make dua in that case that only you and I are forgiven by Allah, me and you, O oh Muhammad." But then the Prophet ﷺ explained the mercy of Allah is greater than that. So the Sheikh <laughs> said, "Ah,
1: كلمة أخيرة داعية. أولاً شكر للقائمين على هالمسجد على عن إضافتنا وشكر لشيخ تقويم أبي معاد حفظه الله وأقول يعني من فضل الله عليكم أن يوجد شيخ مثل هذا تعلم العلم النافع النافئ ونضع الله به أن تكونوا تلزمون بروسهم حافظون على هذا تأتوا بأولادكم ونساءكم وإن شاء الله أن تكون وضع هذه والله نعمة لكم كثير من الناس حلموا منها والمسجد ما شاء الله مسجد طيب في بريطانيا كثير مسجد بريطانية صغيرة فأنتم على خير عظيم مكتبة ما شاء الله كتب التي فيها يمكن ما كثير من كتبه العلم يكون موجودة هذه حجج قامت عليكم والله حجج قامت عليكم أن تتعلم الشرع دين الله سنة القرآن من هذا الشيخ ومن في هذا المسجد المبارك يكون بهذا خير عظيم لما سلمت بعض الأولاد هذا اسمه موسى هذا اسمه أنبياء هذا يفرح هذا سلوك طيب لكن لا بد مع هذا العلم الدين هذا ما يقوم الا بالعلم ثم العمل وبهذا والله أنا سرني أن أرى هذه نجوه وهذه المسجد وهذه هذه الدعوة الطيبة والباركة لكن ينبغي الاهتمام أيضا بأن يكون هناك علم وعمل والاتفاة للشيخ الشيخ والشيخ طلب مني أن أعمل دروس أحيانا بالاتصالات الهاتفية وأنا قبل هذا منه
0: so the Sheikh said just as a conclusion a concluding word that he wants to thank those organizers at the Masjid here who have organized this event uh, uh, and uh, and this event which has occurred and he said it is from the blessing, the virtue of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that you have uh, the meaning of what the Shaykh said, classes going on in your mosques and that you should therefore come to these classes and attend and bring your families to the classes and here you have the Shaykh said a big mosque, many places in the UK they may not be uh, big mosques but you have a big masjid here, you have the, the bookshop outside Um, And so you have all of these things and this is an evidence established upon you That you have all of these facilities, the masjid, the bookshop, classes going on Lectures happening in the mosque So it's an evidence established upon you So you need to learn that knowledge Learn the the religious knowledge, the Quran, the Sunnah And there will be a lot of goodness, a great deal of goodness in that for you Sheikh said I'm very happy to see the, the things that I've seen here Some of the children, their names are Musa, Harun, etc. Names of the prophets. And this is wonderful to see these things. Uh, But the important thing is that everybody focuses on knowledge and action. He said, I'm very happy. It's pleased me a lot to see these faces uh, and this uh, blessed da'wah that is going on here. Uh, But the key is always that knowledge and action knowledge and action attending the gatherings of knowledge in your places in your mosques uh, and the sheikh said that in future uh, inshallah if possible and it can occur he will give uh, classes via telelinks as well when needed that we can organize that uh, and otherwise even if that doesn't occur the sheikh mentioned you have the gatherings and classes in your localities uh, by the meaning of the, the students etc so attend those uh, and benefit from that knowledge. It is all uh, down to that point he concludes on knowledge and action. Knowledge and action is the key to remember. And that is where the Shaykh concluded upon. Uh, and that is where we'll conclude the translation upon.